No, he didn't slam you. He didn't bump you. He didn't nudge you. He rubbed you. And rubbing son is racing. And welcome everybody to Locked On iRacing. It is the year 2022. We are in season one. We're now at the week five. We're almost halfway through season one already and it is going by so quickly. I'm Peter Wilco Wilkinson. I'm joined tonight also by a live audience, but Alex McKellar is joining us again after a week off. How are you, mate? I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, Feeling pumped and ready to go for the surprise live broadcast and taking (laughs) of the podcast. I didn't tell anyone this. I just got on 15 minutes early and went, well, let's have, let's see how it works. And and the other person joining us tonight is the lovely Tim Court, who's actually supplied me with the overlay to make this happen. And that looks really good. So thank you, mate. But how are you? I'm um, good, thank you. Yes, and the, the overlay is something just nicely, quickly whipped up. But yeah, no, good, mate. Good, good, good to be on tonight. And yes, pleasantly surprised by the live feed. Yeah, it actually works well, considering none of us were ready for it. None of us are dressed for the occasion. None of us are, are, are putting on our, our Sunday bests at all. But anyway, we are live. So thank you, those people who are joining us. We are live on twitch.tv slash Locked On Lads is, I think, the, the YouTube channel. and uh, Sorry, the Twitch channel and Locked On Lads YT over there on YouTube. We are live on both. We will eventually go live on Facebook, but I haven't got that set up just right now. But... We will be recording the first part of it live. We will then do the second part off air. But if you want to join us uh, Tuesday nights, 7.30 to 8 o'clock, we will be live. Uh, that's Queensland time, New South Wales time, obviously 8 to 9 o'clock. Aiming for that 7.45 or 8.45, depending on Queensland and New South Wales where you're at. But thank you to everyone who's been listening to the podcast the last couple of weeks. It's been really good to see the numbers follow through, all the people who actually caught uh, young Jay Kennedy's interview as well. The numbers are up on that as well. Thank you to everyone who is uh, making the podcasting not so uh, solo anymore. So it actually feels like we've got an audience now. So it's really good. We had a few people reach out to us to chat with this week. Uh, so we do have Brian Borg on from Premier Racing Team to talk about his statement uh, a little bit later that he put out uh, regarding uh, the whole data to leagues after the cheating scandal. So we talked about it on the podcast last week. So stick around for that later on. Uh, we have also got a little bit of Daytona, 24-hour to chat about, not much. Um, we've also got a possible fix to the cheating scandal in the works officially from iRacing, we found on the forums as well. So uh, that's pretty much all the news we've got. We've got also some uh, Australasian Supercar E-Series results from Raymond Yeager. Uh, we've also got, uh, obviously, Sunday Night Lights coming to you and uh, the Aussie Car Formula Skip Barber and TCR, uh, which I've just realised I don't have access to the sheets, or maybe I do, but hopefully we can work that out by the time we get there. Otherwise, we'll go through the results when we can. Uh, but thank you, everyone. We will be now chatting about Brewster Coffee because uh, he's a legend, so go check it out. He's also got a new website going, which is uh, Password Passwoodle. Can't even remember what it is, Wordle. So uh, go check that one out as well. But let's get into it, McKellar. We haven't heard from you in two weeks. And the going suggestion is that you need to start an audio book series so people can <laughs> listen to your tunes, uh, your your vocals a little bit more. Um, but what have you been up to for the last two weeks since we talked to you last? Oh, a fair bit. Been keeping pretty busy with um, racing stuff, to be honest. Um 
did officials in the skips, of course, at uh, Red, Bill, Red Bull Knockhill last week. And then I've already done two at Road America today for, for wow. this round. So, yeah, look, looking forward to doing a few. Got a bit of time what this week. What did you think of Knockhill? Yeah, interesting. The I only ended up doing one. Yeah, to be honest, um, I, I did the obviously the Aussie car racing, which I really enjoyed. Posted my races up on YouTube for there because it was, I thought it was a good opportunity to show people how racing could be done there. Because I thought the Aussie car round was quite good, very tough to pass there, but certainly my night where I qualified poorly showed that you could make progress through a field, even if it was over two races. Um, uh, but the track itself, what a unique challenge! You know, the changes in elevations. Uh, the the blind cresting apexes, the the sheer trust you've got to have in your car going through some of those uh, sectors and the people around you as well. The drama we saw throughout the week. I watched a lot of the racing on streams uh, throughout the week and the participation was significantly down on what I would have expected to the point where you saw a lot of single car splits and the result was you were seeing cars getting lapped within, you know, they, these were 27 lap race because it's a sub 60 second lap. Cars were getting lapped within, I'm going to say five or less laps. It was that bad. And I saw, wow. I saw six to seven K drivers coming up on 400 IR drivers and getting taken out and, and getting dirty on it. But I'm sitting there saying, well, you know, realistically, you've got to know your audience, so to speak, because yep. there's a someone there with a 400 IR um, in a single split. Uh, the matchmaking system that I, I rating is is designed to spread um, the, the the distribution of skill levels across multiple splits. When you've got a single split, it's everyone in there, and you've got to make allowances for that. You're the experienced driver. You're the one with six plus K I rating. You've got to have the smarts and nows and racecraft to deal with that, and particularly on that kind of circuit where you're seeing everyone going off left, right, and center. If someone's got 400 I rating and you're lapping them on lap four and you get taken out because of what's going on because you've tried to overtake them through that tough third sector after the yep. chicane, that's on you, my friend. I'm sorry. That's that's my view but because um, there are better ways to do it. But, look, the racing itself, there was – a brilliant challenge the, the the sun and night lights race there was fantastic honestly very engaging uh race to watch and call uh and very enjoyable so i think it's a great skippy track plenty of races there you wouldn't get into fifth gear and that's you know uh, i quite enjoy those in contrast to the gp circuits that i normally like mate so what happened with you and qualifying in race one of Aussie <laughs> well all i did was uh i just um Ran out of talent through the first sector pretty much. I, I bit off more than I could chew through turn one. Didn't quite gather it up on the run through turn two, straight off the kitty litter into the wall on my, on my fourth lap, on my fourth quality lap, which, you know, in a 60-second in a lap or, you know, sub-60-second lap where the top 20 separated or top 15 separated by half a second where you lose out on three-tenths potentially which is what it, what it was looking like being uh when i looked at my optimal um you know you're suddenly going from third or fourth to 11th and, and it's a very tough track to pass so um i made sort of i don't know five or six spots in the first race and then started fifth or sixth uh and managed to get up to second so um i thought it was a good night out and and was an enjoyable enough 
pair of races, like I said, to chuck it up on YouTube and, and had some good feedback about it too. So what's what's happened with Alex John in the break? I haven't had him on the podcast to talk to him about it, but he's a league ahead all of a sudden. What's going on? Even Cam Dance can't keep up with him. Well, here's the thing, you know, and he and I've talked about it um, probably for the last three or so months. He's he's never driven better in his own mind uh, since he's been on iRacing. And funny, you know, it, we uh, last night we put up a couple of old clips from about four or five years ago when AJ first started racing with us and, you know, he and I started coming together and he punted me on um, – on Bathurst, a Bathurst round of super skips, and then Barber brought up the his sort of coming out moment where he started, you know, really making some good progress. But to be honest with you, um, he's had a bit of time away. He's come back with the whole Aussie car thing, and I, I don't even know if it's a purple patch, but he uh, he's in let's let's call it career best form, and he's doing Ooh. great guns, and he does it so unassumingly that no yeah. one sort of noticed that he just crept up and won three championships. You know, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and in the box seat already after two rounds, um, like yeah, that knock hill one, like he wasn't even on the coverage. He was that far ahead yeah. uh, most of the time. So the the last question I've got for you because I want to know what's Vasco Sorovsky thinking of the, the his time in Aussie car so far. <laughs> Look, I can only put down. Um, what happened at, at Knock Hill, for example, to, to, to opening night jitters. And, and you know, you come into a, a well-established group, and I, I talk about, you know, the non-verbal conversations on, in, during races, but you've got a group that have been part of a, an ongoing conversation for several seasons. And he's uh, obviously an, uh, uh, an emotionally intelligent guy. He's, he's, he's socially aware, and, and he understands that he's going really good in the skips, but, hey, this is a new conversation that I'm joining. I don't want to come in and Billy Big Note myself or anything like that. And I think he he was, you know, just trying to ease his way into it, so to speak, so to speak. And he's not an aggressive racer or anything like that. And he just, you know, we went side by side in the opening sector in, in race one and he was on the outside through turn two and three. Um, and, you know, cold tyres just caught him out and the rest of the night he spent playing catch-up. But... Um, yeah. I think you'll find his feet and I look forward to racing with him. I've done some officials with him and we have a good time and he's a good racer, good to race with and and I think he'll be a good addition to the to the crew. Yeah, definitely. He's a very good racer, so I want to see him go well in that series and I want to see him hang around. That's the main reason I want to see him go well. So Yeah, absolutely. Um, more strength in that, that field, the better. Uh, so young Timmy Corn, because we'll get on to McKellar's race last night in a sec, but what have you been up to for last week, mate? Young Timmy Corn, I think I'm as old as you guys are. Yeah, you probably are. But you, you look, you, you're doing the age a lot better than both of us, put it that way. Yeah, it's a, it's <laughs> probably the low-resolution screen you're looking at. Um, <laughs> uh, look, similar to what I said last week, this week has been all about Aussie car, so I won't go into too much detail about it, but um, it's all been about Barber Motorsport Park and driving around there and trying to be as quick as we can. It's um tough track in the in any car um and then you add um the fact that the audis were up to half a second slower than the hyundai's um made it tough and we had to do what we could do to stay up with them but it was a tough track and i think the good thing that we've got pretty three pretty fast drivers and good drivers in in tim harris and um brayden and myself um and every every couple of days we're, we're chucking up times that are you know one tenth two tenths three tenths faster than each other um yeah. And we're just consistently trying to get better um, every time we get on that track. And I think that's been a really good thing. Um, 
but that's pretty much been the whole week. Other than that, exciting news. I've got bloody tracking advice today from a wheel. So anyone else Finally. out there that's <laughs> anyone else is out there that's expecting um Fedotech deliveries on the 9th of February. Um, they've they've come early. Um, our Christmas has come early, so as long as there's no delivery problems, um, there will be hint, delivery hint, problems. Hint, I can't see right now. Hint, hint, we'll go. Um, <laughs> um, we uh, yeah, hopefully you know uh, all things good. I'll have a Friday, but worst case Wednesday next week. So um, then I can um, you know really get stuck into it. I've got one. 32 inch screen on there ready to go. I was just checking the heights, but very exciting, and hopefully I'll have a whole weekend to not paint the house it'll be um plain setting up the rig yeah well it's only taking you five weeks to get it ready so far so i'm sure it'll be, no. it'll be straight on ready to go won't it no well no 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 it's, it's a lot more complicated than that you should know this it's it's about getting the right levels of the eyes and then the steering at their shoulder height and blah 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 yeah, um I'm everyone looking forward to it i think i'm on the countdown 12 weeks to go till i can set mine up finally so yeah yeah, well, this is and it's been longer than five weeks. The rig, the rig's been here for a week and a half, but you know, this is this was ordered um, mid-November, end of November, so um, it's slightly waiting for all the pieces. Is this going to make you faster than Braden Martin? No, no one's faster than Braden apparently. Um, <laughs> it depends what mood he's in. If he's in a good mood, everyone's faster than him. But if he's in a bad mood, um, in the, he's he, he'll be he's, faster, he's faster than everyone by about three seconds. If he's in a bad mood, <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hold on. Yep. Oh, I'm not very fast tonight. I haven't put any practice in. Oh, well, anyway. Yeah, yeah. He'll uh, jump into the Twitch chat in a second um, <laughs> and try and respond. No, he won't. Uh, so let's get on to last night. I actually, hold on. I've been racing. I actually hopped in the rig for the first time in a week. Uh, Sunday night, actually. So Sim Racing World, Sim World Racing. I can never get it right. Sim World Racing racing or one of them it's the v8 series that we're doing which i've just noticed if you're listening to the podcast rory clark you're in super twos with us how good is this going to be for the banner alliance i can't wait anyway so we had our training session uh so part of the the whole package for the super twos which is the, the development series for for sim racing world which i just looked it up it is sim racing world uh, they actually got uh, Joshua Thomas in to uh, teach us how to have like a, a group session, uh, le- training lesson around uh, Red Bull Ring. And uh, it was good fun. So it was me, Buzzer, and um, Matthew Mites jumped in. And we also had Brad Wall on there, which is one of the, the series runners, organizers. So uh, the four of us went around with Josh and we learned just the basics of, of driving a V8 and, and how to get them consistent, I guess, was what he, he taught us and, and how to, to also make them fast as well. Then he showed us a little bit of the actual, you know, braking markers and lines and things like that to use around Red Bull specifically. But And then we did a few laps and tried to get close to his 1 minute 28, which was not a chance in the world. Um, but, yeah, it had a, a a fun time because it was me, Mitesy and um, Buzzer all in there ha- having a crack, but um, definitely good to just get a bit of feedback on, on how to do it. And I then sat with, um, we put a, a, a practice session up afterwards so we could try and get, get the basics of what he taught happening. And I, I still can't get it, but we, what we worked out, we went through the, the telemetry afterwards with Braden and I'm doing what I did in the skips. So I'm just not breaking hard enough, uh, quick enough. So my, foot on the brake to when I hit the max is, is there's, you know, there's a small variance there compared to everyone else, but that small variance means 
10, 15, 20 Ks an hour by the time you get to the, the turning point and the apex and then you're overshooting marks and you're, you're, you're overcorrecting and you're breaking harder and for longer into the turn and, and all that kind of stuff. So if I ever get back in the rig again, um, that's the first thing that I 100% need to um, practice, which is good to see. But otherwise, yeah, learnt taking corners too early, which is something I think I worked out with the skips I was doing as well, so turning in too early. Um, so hitting wrong parts of apexes where I think I'm hitting the right parts of apexes but not quite getting it and and things like that. So feel a lot more confident in the V8s, which is something I didn't think I'd say six months ago, but feeling like I can get the car around a track without too much of a problem of spinning it, but just not quickly right now. So uh, it's a good time, good time at the moment to um to get into this series, and it's a good series to be in. So if you are interested in driving the V8s at the moment, Sunday night, Sim Racing World starts do you, this Sunday. Do you think that, you know, what pedals have you got? You've got Huskies, don't you? I've got the Huskies, yeah. yeah. Do so you think it I, could, I could be settings? With, it's linear, like it is linear, and this is what Joshua was saying. He just runs linear. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, and and I think everyone else runs linear, but it is I I could play around with it, I guess, to get it there quicker. But then I would probably go further unless I tailed it off right. But um, yeah, it, it it's I would prefer to just get more confident with putting the foot on the brake, and I think that's where it is. It's it's lacking the confidence of being able to put the foot down on that brake hard and not lock up. So yep. um, I need to get that confidence, and if I can get that confidence, that's where there'll be a second a lap or half a second a lap or anything like that. So, um, but yeah, it, it, it'll be good. And as we've just heard in chat, um, there'll be four locked on cars racing around in super twos this year or this season. So, uh, Braden has decided to join us on a Sunday night after harassing for so long. And, uh, he got qualified into super twos and buzzer myself and Matthew Mites. So pretty good locked on, contingent coming along in that for the first time in a while so buzz has been racing v8s fruit by himself for a long time but he's all moved into his house now and he's ready to go he's his sim set up so yeah it's gonna be really good fun and and I, I can't wait to practice it but i'm still itching i'm waiting for the coliseum to drop so i can start practicing uh the the cup car around the coliseum but um i assume that's probably next week um hopefully yeah. hopefully We're running out of time but yeah look it's all been announced that it's going to happen so um, and all the images are being put out for Anne's car, so not Anne's car, sorry, for iRacing. So you would yeah. think it's going to be dropping probably after this podcast. Yeah, I'd say so, one hundred percent. So the other thing that was cool, I, I just want to shout out to to your artwork in particular for um, the NASCAR. We got it put up on the Anne's car page, and they put a little write up about it's our rookie season. I didn't put put two and two together till till that happened. I was like, oh, hold on. It is our rookie season for the Cup Series. So here we are um, battling it out for Rookie of the Year with about, yeah. oh, there'll be a few of us, I, I'd assume, but it'll be good fun. I can't wait. If we qualify every week. Um, that's we probably... <laughs> We're still rookies, but we'll get in yeah, one or two races. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it should be good. should be good. Very exciting. And a couple of new tracks in there, which is great. And, you know, I think the Ants car... Um, the way that they're doing the season this this year is is a little bit different, but you know they've learned, they've got a lot of experiences five years in, so they've they've learned from you know some of the mistakes. But um, you know there hasn't been many mistakes from what I've been watching, but I think it should be um, it should be fun. Yeah, it should be good, and I can't wait. Um, I've got a the next thing I've got to do is I've got a SSD over there. I've got to install tomorrow, and then my day off, and hopefully set some stuff up for 
having more room on this PC that I'm sitting on. So we should be able to announce some stuff and, and start practicing some stuff. So if you hang around our YouTube and our Twitch channel, you might see some practice stuff coming up of things we're doing. But can't wait for that. Uh, I, thought, let's... I, thought you, I thought you were going to say that you're clearing your SSD, SSD is going to make you faster. No, that's definitely not going to happen. It's the, the only thing that's going to make me faster if I get more confident with the, with that left boot. Left boot. Um, that, that is 100% it. Stop being so timid. But anyway, um, <laughs> it was interesting. I got I, I, There was a few points where I was steering a little bit more, I guess, than what Braden was. But most of the time, I've, I'm now actually have got that pretty well. Um, I'm blipping really well with the V8 too, which is something Chassis would be proud of. So I'm hitting that 10% mark with the blip almost every time now, which is really good because I did play with the settings, I think I said the other week, and it put me right off. I, I had a bit of a slower to try and stop the spin, but um, that was making just, me only do 8% of the blip. So Just press that macro button. It just does it for you. Just press the macro button. No, it's um, – yeah, I can't wait. This Sunday – the thing I miss the most is actually competitively racing. Like we, ha- I haven't done it since Skip Barber finished last yeah. season, and watching you guys race and and as a t- especially as a team, I'm like, oh, we miss that. So it'd be good Sunday yeah, night. I watched yeah. that broadcast uh, back from last night, and those line of stern locked on cars oh, looked pretty good, didn't they? It looked amazing. We got Tim did a beautiful picture. I got to put it out later, but um, it was. And it was almost like they were hunting him in the, as a pack too, because they were you know ducking in and out behind each other. It looked amazing. So I I like to see more of it on the actual broadcast. But it was yeah really good to see, especially in the pro league. Yeah. So. The only hunting that was happening was the Hyundai's behind us. It was, <laughs> it was we knew they were coming. Um, yeah, but it was yeah yeah very good. But it was good to have the three of us close to each other because we've had each of us have had a little bit of bad luck over the over the last couple of races. Yeah, definitely, especially in the Tin Top Cup and then to this. So tell us about what happened last night. I got to watch bits and pieces of it while I was recording stuff, but what happened, Timmy? Um, well, I look, I qualified. Um, I qualified, geez, I had that up before and now I can't even remember. Um, I qualified. Let you me did check, qualify, sorry. yes. Yes, I definitely qualified. And I was actually reasonably happy with my qualifying. I was the highest Audi. Um, sorry, let me just check. I was checking the... Um, the Skippy results, not the um, not the um, TCR TCR results. Um, yeah, I qualified eighth. Um, so as I said, I was pretty happy with that. It was pretty much all um, Hyundai's in front of me, with the exception of I think one one Honda, which was Hinzi, um, and finished sixth. So gained two positions, zero um, X, uh, which was I was pretty happy with. Um, but look. I think straight off, I had a really good start, picked up, I think, a one or two positions straight off the start, and they were just taking over some of the Hyundais. Um, and then the next couple of races, I mean, a couple, couple, couple of laps, we were just playing tail, you know, tail to bum, a tail to nose for, for most of the laps. Um, Braden, Tim stayed behind me. We had a Hyundai come through, um, but I just we could not stick with the Hyundais. The Hyundais were just so much quicker. Um, and look, I, I know I'm not the fastest on the grid, but... I'm not that much slower, and and even through the practice sessions during the week, the the times were half a second to seven tenths uh, faster than the Audis were. Um, was there a, a patch at some stage to improve the Hyundai? Is that what there was? Oh, no, fix. no, no. The only adjustment was on the Honda. Um, oh, there was a fix to the Honda, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, and that was the just suspension. on the rear. Yeah, the, the suspension. So, okay. um, and the 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 Hondas are. Pretty, they're pretty quick on the right tracks and with the right drivers. If you, you I think you've, yeah. if you've got the right driver, they 
and they're pretty switched on. And you can see that from Hinzi. Um, you know, he's he's consistently in that you know top five, top ten. So um, he's had a bad a bit of bad luck as well. But um, yeah, look, the first race honestly, as good as as well as what we finished, it was a reasonably boring race for us it was it was and the whole track is almost like that because there wasn't a lot of action in racing one and two for us um there was a lot of um as i said you know nose to tail um so yeah look uh, finished six happy with that um and then second race it was inverted um and started um started so that would make me seventh was it um so started finished 11th and started fifth, sorry, because it was inverted. So I lost six positions. Um, look, I was a little bit going into it. I hadn't done a lot of strategy around, you know, when to take pet, uh, fuel and when to stop, all that kind of stuff. But I put enough in there to get me over halfway. Uh, and then we'll, we're going through the first couple laps. Um, I felt like the cars in front of me were holding me up a bit. So it was all very close at the front. And then the, the guys that finished, obviously, in the, the top four positions, top five positions, were right on behind us as well. And at the start of every race, you expect a couple of cars to disappear, but it just wasn't happening. So it was just running, you know, lap after lap. And I just thought, oh, I'm being held up here. These Hyundais are going to take me any moment now. There's yeah, Particularly with that track, with some of the turns and the speeds that you go through some of those turns and how... Um, and sometimes a couple of guys are a little bit game in taking, you know, the faster turns on the inside, and then you've got to back off. And I just felt if I had backed off in some of those corners, it would have been a train of cars coming through, and I didn't want to lose two, three, four positions. So I thought, you know, let's pit early and and just take the chance. Not thinking about some of the ramifications for that, and the ramifications were, <laughs> um, you know, the temp of the track was getting pretty high, um, but I'd only taken out. Uh, four or five laps of fuel so we still had another 16 laps of fuel to go so i had to put another i think 15 liters in um 16 liters something like that in there i can't remember exact exact numbers and then um so i've come out and i said i just wasn't i wasn't switched on i wasn't thinking about it come out and every single lap from that point on was half a second to seven tenths slower um and it wasn't until i went to bed um and thought about it in my dreams that i i come out I had a full tank of petrol, and then I've come out in a hot track. Yes, they were new tyres, but with a full tank, by the time those tyres have, have um, come in, the tank's finally gotten down to a reasonable level. You can start doing good times. I've take, got the tyres down to a 90% um, wear level, um, and I was never going to get back down to the times it was, so I just kept losing positions. There was one after another, and then um, I had a Hyundai catch up to me, and then Hinzi, I could see Hinzi was four seconds away, and I was just looking at the, the deltas, and he was like 0.5 quicker, 0.7 quicker. I was like, oh, shit, here we go. Um, and then um, I saw him come up, and I did my best to hold him off for a little bit, but I didn't want to be too forceful, and, um, you know, once I, once he got the right you know the right line, I just let it, let, just let it go, but that was it. I just got to the end of the race, and I was pretty disappointed with it, to be honest, because I was definitely faster than that. Um, particularly because I thought I was being a little bit smart with the strategics but, um, part to, you know, get out early and maybe get a bit of space coming out of the pits and, you know, when everyone else pitted. But it just unfortunately didn't work out that way. And look, it is what it is. It was fun, though. Had a, an enjoyable race. There was, you know, the incidents were gone compared to the last couple of weeks. It was a really clean race for the large majority of every um, all the races. You know, there's a couple of small ones. But I think generally it was, it was actually a really, really good race. How'd you go, Alex? Yeah, all right, mate. Just plotted around the back for the most part. Um, 
I just can't find pace in these things, not in quality anyway. I think I feel like my race pace and, you know, maybe the pace between the ears of an old head helps a bit as well. Um, but, like, I mean, I, I've raced Skippy for years and you, you're so used to side-by-side side and draft them in Road America this week. It's going to be insane. I signed up for the first race this afternoon. It was in a six-car pack for, like, nine laps. It was it was nuts and it was all over the place, right? So I'm used to that kind of stuff, which is fine. Um, we don't normally bang doors, but I'm getting more used to that, and that's okay. But, again, qualified up near the back, I think 22nd or something, uh, moved forward only five positions. But the problem with being up there, as it is with any race, is the whole concertinas and the bumps and bruises you get from that. And uh, I'm usually okay at steering clear of that kind of stuff, um, but I just didn't make any positions out of it like you normally would if you if you get away with that, particularly in, first, in the first race. So... Um, I, you know, I made a couple, I got up to 17th, I think. Um, then I just played a very simple strategy game as far as pit stops went. I just split the race in half and figured let the tires, you know, that, that's a fair way. I mean, it's like three, uh, 12 lap races or 11 lap races, whatever it was, uh, that way. And I knew what it was like underneath me at that point. So, um, but the, the highlight of the night for me was, uh, the battle for several laps, uh, in the second race uh, with Stuart Crawford. Uh, he and I went toe-to-toe and, and door-to-door for quite a number of laps. And I was talking to him afterwards. I apologise for the penultimate corner. I went up the inside. I probably wasn't there. And then he said, no, nah, look, he pitted on lap one and his tyres were gone. So he was understeering terribly and, and the and the, he, he felt the door was open um, and he invited me in. But uh, having said that, you know, he it was a little nudge. Um, he picked the car up expertly. Like it was like a cat landing on all fours after being dropped for the second story. It was brilliant. Um, but um, we then had a – there was ended up with a, about a four-car battle and I, I just had – I was pumped. I don't know if, if you go back and watch Ben's stream because he was streaming with us. We are in the one Discord. You can hear me. I was pumped because uh, I think it was a lap or two to go he and I can't remember who it was, were battling through the final corner. And because of Stuart's understeer, it was all pushing to the outside. And McKellar, he's just dove underneath and picked up a two-for-one straight over under first time in history. It was just <laughs> brilliant, you know. So, again, it's like, you know, you play 18 holes of golf every five years. It's that one drive that you hit off the, the tee that uh, keeps you coming back. So, um, you know, and... You know, got that that taste that people always talk about. It doesn't matter where you are in the field, as long as you have a a great battle. It's it could be for first, it could be for last. Doesn't matter. It was an enjoyable night out, so it was good. Are you um are you going to cover off um your well, Snell's um start? Oh, that was hilarious. <laughs> I don't know if you see the clip of the Discord. How good is it? it? The race too was outstanding. I, I didn't see it until afterwards. Where We've gone off the line and you would have heard in the clip, oh, geez, that's a great start. And I go back and look at the clip. He's dead set on the phone as the red lights come on. He's texting away. He was just to his, his missus or something. And then he said to me afterwards, as the red lights were, were, were on, his leg wasn't even in the cockpit. Right, and then he's he's swung the leg back in as the lights have gone green and just nailed this start. It was unbelievable. <laughs> and he had one hand on the steering wheel. He's getting his foot back in the cockpit, and he's just bang straight off the line. It was brilliant. Yeah. Um, so it was yeah, good night had by all. I think. 
yeah, his reaction was the best as well. Just like he, <laughs> as soon as he had driven off, he just knew he had pulled one out of the hat, and it's just and he absolutely nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. Yeah, he nailed both starts actually. Um, he's he's got it sort of figured out. He's in the Audi too, I think. So yeah, yeah. Yep. Look, the the interesting thing about it last night, and you're right, the incidents had sort of paid it off a little bit. The, the uh, the waterfall, the downhill chicane, um, the concertina there on that one. I think both races was just a real challenge. But you're going to get that, I think, in in any kind of race. And I uh, just brought a few people unstuck, myself included. I had optional repairs in the in the pit stop race. And um, yeah, look, it's just part of racing and part of uh, rubbing is racing in that sort of league, I think. And um, but on the whole, I think again for me, um, certainly race week one and race week three the driving stands have been pretty good race two i think we can sort of put behind us and move on yeah i i think watching it uh this week was a lot more enjoyable because i think the 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 cars were a lot closer um there was a lot more happening and that definitely it was there was a few times where i looked and there was cars that were connected after the chicane and, and stuck together and things like that but racing incidents um otherwise it looked really good and it was and it was good to watch and the numbers are still good so you know uh, i think the the people who are racing together are starting to understand each other and even you can see in the discord now afterwards like the messages after that night were no one was really throwing slack at everyone it felt a lot more like the skip barber series when it started to come good probably those three or four seasons in where it was the apology and yeah, no, it's okay, it's fine. There's something else happening, or and, and the back and forth is just, you know, I'm just glad we're 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 having fun racing together. So it is good to see that that's what's come out of this week, which is really good. Yeah, it's a it's a good close series too. You know, like the times across the field aren't that good. Like aren't that sort of disparate? I mean, even someone like me who's up the back in that series. Um, you know, but I quite enjoyed my run at Barber, uh, which is a funny thing to say because it's not a, an un- overwhelmingly popular track. Um, but for a car that I don't know about you guys, I, I get no feedback or, you know, sense of the car through the steering wheel um, in, in the front wheel drive cars and racing, not compared to pretty much everything else you know i feel like as soon as i put my foot down in it it's like i've got a dead wheel and and uh, i don't know it's weird but um i still did enjoy the racing there and, it, and it's close enough like i'm i'm in practice sessions i seem to be i don't know a second and a half off the pace but come the night i you know i'm relatively midfield competitive at least which is something yeah i think that's something we're seeing too and especially in the, with the v8s that i'm doing now there's a very big difference between hot lap pace Mm. and you know race pace and i know i'm always a good second off off what i'm doing when i when i get that one magical hot lap together um compared to what because i'm not going to push that hard lap every every single lap and when i was qualifying for super twos i felt like i was fairly well down the timing grid and i was i was at the bottom of the timing grid or, or you know the bottom bottom handful but when you went back and had a look at people's sort of average times over 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 the time then it really did show that well my average times that i was doing which was just me trying to stay on the track were pretty comparable to the average times that everyone else was doing but then they got the one good lap in and then all of a sudden that's bumped them up the the board and i think that's something you do see in tcr and it's something you got to be careful of when you go into league racing and you do practice sessions and all that kind of stuff don't be 
too concerned with other people's one lap pace. Just make sure yeah. you, you're consistent and you stay on the track. You'll you'll be fine. It's yeah, exactly up. right. Exactly right. And um, as you say, one lap pace is very different to race and and racecraft pace as well. Um, but yeah, like there's a funny irony in my racing. It doesn't seem to matter what I do. Race two, I finish like 14th. <laughs> Well, every week, and <laughs> I've bumped up to thirteenth because of penalties and stuff. But across the line, I'm invariably fourteenth in race two every week. <laughs> I remember yeah. that you that 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 line in um, uh, Skip Barber. I used to always be whatever position it was, and no matter what I could do, it was uh, you couldn't get away from it. And it was always I, I was always either one spot above or behind Ira, no matter what. <laughs> To the point yeah. of my last season, we go into the final thing, either square on points or I think it was we were actually square on points for the the twelfth, the eleventh or twelfth season, whatever it was at the end of last season. So, um, yeah, yeah nice. Fun. And look for me, so far so good. Goal was out of you know forty something car field to finish inside the top twenty, and I'm I've just snuck inside overall in the top twenty so far for the season. So if I can hang on to that, it's it's you know goals met. Definitely. No, it's been good. Um, it was a bit of a shame. I, I don't want to remind him of it, but Vernie watching him just not take the chicane uh, after with cold tyres after being in such a good position in race two. But um, other than that, he did a stellar race and even to come back from where he was. So once again, Vernie, well done. We'll talk a bit more about the results soon. Um, but let's let's move into what you're all probably here to listen to, which is the news and then we'll get into the results a little bit later. Don't forget the news is brought to you by LockedOnLads.com slash Discord. Join our Discord, the one place where you can just be yourself and have fun and not have to worry about anything else going on. Uh, you get notifications about random times when we go live practicing stuff like uh, a, a podcast live. Um, but you can also show us your meet and all that kind of stuff. So it's a pretty good place to be. So definitely check that out. But let's get into the actual news itself. We've only got a handful of things to talk about, but one of them is significant. So we did talk about uh, the Premier Racing Team uh, statement that they put out last week. It was a thing. It came out. We discussed all that last week. You all listened to our thoughts on it. We did obviously then throw out uh, the message at the end of it in the podcast and said, hey, anyone want to come on and talk about it? We are happy to do that. And Brian Borg from Premier Racing Team, the man behind Premier Racing Team, decided to take us up on that offer. So he came on to discuss what happened. And here is the interview with Brian Borg. Take it away. And welcome to the podcast, Brian Borg. How are you tonight? Good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. We're getting through things. We're watching the team race at the moment. But, you know, I, I'll... I'm here. That's the main thing. So explain to our audience who Brian Borg is just quickly. Well, obviously my name is Brian Borg and, you know, owner of PRT, Premier Racing Team. We've been around for around two and a half years now. So, yeah, we race in the V8 Supercar Leagues and um, official races and, yeah, that's who I am, really. Okay, can I quickly ask a question, just follow up on that? Where did where did the idea of Premier Racing Team come from? Like, how did it start? Well, um, obviously, before I started my team, I was with other teams and stuff like that. 
um, and then um, once I left that team or that team ended up just going to other places it was always you know in my mind that I did want to start my own team but I yep. did hang around with another team at the time which was um, Pursuit Sim Racing and just um, yeah really just stuck with them for a little bit and then it came to the point where I just had to say guys I need to I need to go on my own here you know if I want to start my own team I need to just branch out for myself and that's it. I think I stayed as my team like it was just me racing for a good six months before the first driver came along and from there it just started to to steamroll really. Just um, one driver came along and then, you know, all of a sudden there was four drivers in Premier Racing Team. So, yeah, we've just, you know, over the time just become who we are and um, this is Premier Racing Team now. Yep. Yeah. So how you enjoy the 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 running of a team or having your own team? Yeah, definitely. I definitely enjoy it. And you know, over the time that you you know you race with other teams and you know you involved with other teams, you get to realize you know, hang on, what you like in a team and what you don't like in a team. And my team is based on that everybody who's a part of my team they we all got to say and it's not just like obviously you got to have a team leader and stuff like that and we we do have we do have that but we do have a team that just really enjoys racing together so and that's the main thing i don't want to build a team that you know has um you know that people talk behind each other's backs or stuff like that it's just all out in the open and and we race as a team that's it. Apes. Yeah, definitely. Good way to have it. So we've obviously been talking a bit on the uh, podcast the last couple of weeks about uh, the whole macro and all this other stuff that's been going on. And and you guys put out a statement. We talked about it on the podcast last week. We offered on podcast for you to come on and join us and, and talk us through that. So give us a rundown of, of what, what, you, what you said in the statement and, and um, what you want to say for starters. Okay, so just just with the whole, you know, what we've all heard with the, the cheating allegations and uh, what's been said through prior podcasts, uh, through Mike with um, from Scops, we, as a team, agreed that at that point of time when we done our posts, there wasn't enough information going around on how data was going to get looked on how um, leagues were going to um, assess the data, what was going to be involved in that data, were setups going to be involved, and who was looking at it. Now, over the over the last couple uh, days or last week since that post was being made, obviously we got a lot of slack for it. We got a lot of um, people giving us crap about it and stuff like that, but when you when you threw us the opportunity to explain why we done that post, it was clearly because I think as race teams, and I'm talking about race teams in general, we have the right to know where our data is going and who is assessing it. Now at that point we said 
that we are happy to send our data to iRacing because obviously there's stuff going on in the background and in our team we don't want that stuff happening either like you know so if we got to share our data to iRacing and if they want to look at our data that's why we said we're happy to have our data looked at now other people have taken it that we don't want to share our data with leagues because you know we've got something to hide we've been very clear from the start we've got nothing to hide there was just it, there needed to be more understanding from a league's perspective on what was happening with our data and how to set how how things were going to be run and i think as teams we have the right to know that other leagues have come out in the open since my post and have contacted me personally and said this is how we're going to do it this is how um, the information is going to be looked at the program that we're going to be looking at it through um, and also showed a video on the process of how it was going to be looked at which that's really all we wanted as a team which we felt at that point that other teams would back us up on it now what people don't know is yes there is other teams that has backed us up and i'm talking about high profile teams now with the way the community acted i don't blame those high profile teams for not getting involved with it yeah definitely it was um it was something out of the ordinary something that we look we we've been covering this because we sort of stumbled across it and it seems to be something that no one else has covered so people who are hearing it are sometimes only hearing it from us so we don't even have all the information uh, I, I obviously thought there'd be a lot more coming out so your questions completely fair um and i wish someone with a little bit more time a little bit more uh, ability would be, be covering it and giving us all these kind of answers so your that was one of the big questions, obviously, the guys had who are racing at the moment that can't be with us was you definitely had backing from other teams to do it. And, yeah, I can understand where they, they back out. Are you satisfied now with the, the 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 feedback you've had from some of the leagues? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, a lot of people say that, you know, our post was not thought about. It wasn't, you know... Um, it wasn't meant to, like, you know, we weren't expecting the outcome that it did. Well, yeah, obviously there was, you know, a lot of bad outcome out of it. But the point that we got across to other leagues and stuff like that, yeah, I'm I'm actually happy that that post came. Because if you, you know, and obviously people can read uh, a post and only get the information that they want to get out of it, you know. And... I think that's why it's a good thing that I'm coming on this podcast is because, you know, to understand from our point of view, that's why our post was made. It wasn't against any other leagues or anything like that. But I think, how can I say it? I think no one else has actually taken up a stand to no, they haven't. Our, our rights. And, you know, somebody's got to do it. So if it is the little team from PRT that is standing up for our rights, then so so be it. Now I gotta. <laughs> I'm not the one to look at all of these posts and all these memes coming out, and and say, oh, you know, 
what have we done? No. I'm looking at the bigger picture, and the bigger picture is that we need to take a stand for what's going on. Because if we don't take a stand for what's going on, and then people are just doing what they want. Now, it's their leagues, and I understand that. I've been racing in many of leagues who have a lot of racing rules and stuff like that. And if I don't want to race in their league, then I just don't sign up and don't do it. But I do want to race in Scops. I do want to race in all these other leagues and stuff like that. And if they require data, then they need to come out with a a reason on, not a reason, but they need to give us information on how it's going to get looked at. It's not about trusting admins and stuff like that. But we need to have that sort of privacy, you know, information given to us that we know that our our stuff that we're sending isn't going out to the community. Because let's face it, a lot of things have been said in the community from a lot of people. And it's just gone from one person to the next person to the next person. And there we have it. Chinese whispers have started. Yep. 100%. So can I ask, did you have any idea that this was going to be something that was going to blow up in the community in the last, like, the whole cheating scandal, I guess? Did you have any inkling that there was some suspect things going on out there in the community at all? I heard a rumour around about six months about it. Never even heard the word macro before <laughs> in iRacing or in any sim racing. I thought we were talking about macro cheese or something like that. Yep. So. And then, obviously, since um, January 8, it's just become a really big, you know, thing. And from there, it's just gone, you know, <laughs> you know. It's, got, it's when, going to be crazy. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. And you got to understand that our team, from the start, have been pulled into pulled into this. It wasn't just because of the post. It, was, it happened, uh, you know, a long time before that post that our team has been, you know, accused of cheating and stuff like that. So, yeah, it, I don't, I don't think that our post was the one to make it sound like that. Oh, we've got something to hide when it clearly states that we've got nothing to hide. Yeah, definitely. Like I, it, it, it was a hard one to read because I don't have the huge background with the with the V8s and and the history behind it. I've only just started to get into the actual V8 side of it now. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I. Okay, I've I've heard names and all that kind of stuff in the in the past. I hadn't heard your name uh, like associated with it at all. So that's why the sort of post got me off guard completely. But obviously, it's got the result that you wanted in a roundabout way, I guess, and that's that is a good thing. You now know what some of the leagues will be using. Um, can I ask how you how you felt that day when it when when you put the post out for that next hour or so? Was it how did you feel? Well, it just proves where people are at, you know, where people are reading a post. And and let's face it, we asked for the community's feedback on this. Now, obviously, it was really bad feedback and, and stuff like that. But it just shows where people are at with following the leader. You know, one person writes something and then uh, all the other people just write the same thing. It's just, you know... There is no consistency with how the community is at the moment. You know, a, a team just last night on the same page that we posted to, you know, just posted about their 
team being released that had a cha change of name and this is their new livery. And instead of people saying, oh, you know, nice looking cars or, you know, something like that, what the post was about, it was about copyright and stuff like that. It was all negative. So that's yeah. where our community is at at the moment. Yeah. Did Do you see, like, okay, I, I've i seen things on forums where there's a code coming out soon that will fix all this, the, the cheating side of it, straight up. Do you see that fixing anything with the community or you that's it, that's where the community's at completely and it's never going to change? Oh, that's where the community's at. But what I can say is, I've done my own investigations with iRacing. Yep. And at the end of at the end of their email, it clearly states that this is a private and confidential um, information about the cheating allegations that are going on. Any of this information um, that gets shared to the public would um, make iRacing's investigation like pretty much nothing because now it's out in the public. We all know mm -hmm. that it's out in the public now. So, you know, who, we've just like really stuffed up the investigation that iRacing was trying to do in the background. Yeah, definitely. And that's that's what I was upset about. That's when it, when I came across it was because it was leaked uh, by by someone like close to the matter. And I don't know, uh, Mike, as he said, was trying to keep it as, as quiet as he could because obviously iRacing had to do their thing because it – it's obviously we're in Australia and it's definitely bigger than just Australia, but um, it is sad that it got leaked and, and now here we are. But uh, yeah, it would have been good to see the outcome of the investigation. It just seems like we're sitting here waiting for something to happen and it's not quite there and it, we're in this ugly period at the moment. But well, I, I guess, the, yeah, okay. From, from what I know is, and what I've heard is that we will not find an outcome from my racing. Because, because of the way it's been dealt with, with the community. We won't find out on who or, you know, who's been banned or what, like, that will not happen. Yeah, it's not going to be an official post from them or anything like that. No, no I, I can't see them doing that uh, yeah, anyway, so... Um, which is, look, I, I don't mind that. These people know that they've done wrong and, you know, hopefully we can just move on with it and they can sort some stuff out on their end. But um, have you got any any suggestions for anyone out there in the team that, that that's looking to go into any of these leagues with, with data now as a requirement or from what you've heard? Uh, the, the only thing that we wanted as a team was to understand who was looking at it uh, what was the requirements with the data? What would be the process if data came across and it did look a little bit, okay, that's questionable. What would their process be after that? So I know with, um, and I've got, I've, I've actually spoken with um, JP from RSRA. So about this and um, he's, he's like told me that, you know, if, if we look at some data and it doesn't look right, that data would then go to iRacing and then iRacing will be the only one who would be able to determine and who has the rights to say that that person is cheating. Because yep. at the end of the day, no league out there will have enough 
information or anything like that to determine if that person is cheating. And that's where, you know, I think it's done right through RSRA where they go and do the right steps with um, how it's being dealt with as a league organization. Now, I'm not here to compare RSRA with SCOPS, with SCOPS, with, you know, Global iRacing or whoever. Everybody has a different process. But we as the people who are racing in those leagues and, you know, we pay money to race in these leagues. So we need to have some sort of feedback to know what is happening when, you know, leagues ask for data. Yeah, definitely. So um, I, I, I like that idea from RSRA. I, I think that if, if yeah, if they suspect that it does go to iRacing is a very good way to do it. I, I really don't think that iRace, oh, sorry, that the leagues should be able to, well, I, I don't think they should be able to name and shame anyway. Um, it, 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 that's all privacy and stuff like that, and that can lead to actual legal legal stuff, if, especially if they're wrong. So. Um, I definitely like that that aspect of it, and just to know that more depth into how it's used is definitely a good thing for the community to to actually understand as well. So um, to be clear and, and transparent, and it, it it's hard when it's just us covering it. Like we don't have the questions, all the questions to ask people, and we don't get all the all the feedback. Um, but yeah, the the one thing I definitely hundred percent agree with you on is the community needs to sort of, I guess not grow up but 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 start seeing things from both sides of the story um we've, we've talked on the the podcast about bullying before and and bullying is a serious thing especially online communities and stuff like that so look hopefully that side of things can can one day get itself sorted out and that's why we sort of very in internal we have our discord and that's where people um go to just have a chat and and, and we're not like that and that's why i particularly stay out of the social media side of things for things like this. And, and when I see posts, I just read them and move on. But any final things you want to say on, on the topic that, that I've, I've missed that I haven't asked? Yeah, well, um, I think, you know, as I'm speaking for my team here, yeah? So yeah. we as a team obviously have stated that, you know, we're not doing nothing wrong and stuff like that. But, when a league refunds the money that we that we sent to race in their league without any proof or evidence that you know we have been cheating or anything like that, then it's sort of making the community think that we're the ones that pulled out from that series when we weren't the ones that pulled out from that series our, our, it was refunded back to us. Now, that person obviously knows who we're talking about, and I'm not here about naming and shaming and pulling anyone down. But I think a lot of a lot of things that have happened in the last, you know, couple of weeks could have been dealt with a lot better. And I and I'll even speak about my post. That could have been dealt better, could have been written better, and everything like that. But if we're going to move forward and make what we're trying to make, which is make this community a better place where people can come and race and, um, you know, go forward, then we need to start with how things are getting dealt with. 
as number one, where we're not just accusing somebody of cheating or anything like that. There needs to be some proof behind that. Don't make a big statement like that and then have nothing to back it up by. Because at the end of the day, you might look like the bigger person now, but when the truth comes out at the end, no one's laughing at that statement. No, definitely. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I didn't know anyone had refunded um, things, so that's that's very interesting to find out. Um, I, I wish I had more time to catch up on things like this, but that's why we've got the team working on on stuff now. But look. Thank you so much for your time and thank you for all that information. I've, I've really enjoyed hearing your side of things. That's that's part of the whole community thing where we get one piece of information and we get another piece of information. There's actually about seven or eight different pieces of information that we don't have in between that to answer it. So when you join the dots, you're completely wrong. We've had something else happen similar in, a, in another league this week where it definitely felt like there was something missing. And and once we finally found out what that piece was, was missing it, the whole situation made a lot more sense and, 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 and things like that. So to give you, give us your side with all the extra information about how that statement come out helps us out a massive amount. So I hope other people that listen to the podcast can get that. And I hope the podcast is actually giving people the chance to, to do this to 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 you know understand a little bit more about what's going in the community and we can educate them a bit more but um thank you so much for your time brian and look good luck with it all because i know running a team is is stressful and fun and all that kind of stuff and the added stress of this is is definitely something you don't need so you are more than welcome to come on the podcast at any time and down the track just let me know as well but yeah final things appreciate it peter and you know we're not going anywhere we're not going to be changing anything we're still going to be racing we're still going to be doing you know leagues and official racing our speed isn't going to just dismiss like it's not going anywhere we're going to keep on going the way we are going and that's forward yep definitely i can't wait to see it all on the track so good luck with it mate and we'll talk to you very soon i'm sure and thanks for that, Brian. Now, for starters, it takes a lot of courage after the comments we made on the podcast last week and the way the community did backlash about said statement last week to come on to a public forum that is a voice-only um, discussion about something. So so we'll, in our small little community, is so volatile at the moment. So thank you, Brian, for, for taking that step and, and actually, you know, putting your opinions forward about what what the statement meant i obviously discussed during the interview and i would like to have had a few others on but we just couldn't get the timing right but that's okay i i had had the chat with brian but we've had a bit of a discussion in the background but i would like to publicly ask mckella your thoughts on the situation yeah look when he came out with the statement i thought the backlash was um imbalanced I thought that um, if you unpack some of the, just the basics of the statement, which was um, we feel that there's a potential conflict of interest with league owners getting our telemetry and our setups through that, although, you know, there's proven out you can produce it without sharing setups. Um, but they felt like there was, you know, data sovereignty issues there. That, that, that was their data uh, and sharing it with a league admin who also has either teams in their own league or teams in other leagues of the same category who could take advantage of that potentially, right? 
And at the same time, they said, happy to give our data to iRacing, who's an impartial authority and have rules around how they manage the, the, the data, right? So I was kind of okay with that because there was a, a channel or a pathway to have that data evaluated uh, and have it brought to light whether there was any any nefarious issues going on, right? Um, having said that, um, you know, it, it's hard then not to have questions, right? Because in the absence uh, at that point of anything from iRacing to say, hey, we're looking into it and this is how it'll look like going forward and actions that'll be taken and all the rest of it, the community's left to fend for themselves with regards to, you know, sorting it all out for want of a better term. And these league owners who want to have, um, you know, uh, manage the perception of how things are run and make sure everything's above board, they, they want, you know, to look at this stuff and manage their leagues the way they they want to. So in short, look, if you don't want to follow the league rules, you, you don't participate in the league. Um, and if that's the stand you want to take, that's cool. I'm good with that, right? Like I said, I thought the backlash and the immediate shade that was cast on, oh, we must be cheating, is not valid if you have a look at the statement that was made. Having said that and listening to what Brian said today in the interview, you know, the one thing where I felt it tripped it up for me was where he said, um, you know, the onus is on the league folk to, to show, show us where I'm cheating and all the rest of it. But at the same time, I'm not going to give them the one thing that will determine my guilt or innocence, right? Because he's leaving them ill-equipped to do that very thing that he's suggesting that they're going to do. So you sort of can't have it both ways, right? Um, my my sense of it overall is that um, iRacing uh, need to, and I think they are working on a solution, um, but then they need to give us confidence that that gives us good coverage so that that whole do-it-yourself in the league context thing can just not be an issue anymore. So, um, yeah, look, the statement, I think if you took the time to look past the surface and unpack it and process it a bit, I'm kind of okay with it. Um uh, as so long as you're good to your word and you say, well, you know, if, uh, if you want that from me and I'm not prepared to give you, I'll stand with my conviction and I'll, I'll walk away from the league sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. Tim, thoughts? Yeah, look, I think, like, I agree with everything that Alex has said. Um, look, I think there's a couple of points that, for me, I think roll on for, from some of the things that Alex said. And um, I think that, you know, the... The, the, the points that he made early on around not enough data being available for any real judgment to be made on the matter, I think if that was the case, don't release the press release. Don't put the press release out there. Um, wait, be patient. Uh, see see what comes out there. Reach out to some of the league owners and see what they're doing. And you know what, what releasing that that um, press release or their their public release um, last week. Would it have really made a difference if they waited a week or two weeks? Um, and I think the other part to that, you know, some of these um, league owners are 
they're not going to wait for iRacing to want to, you know, analyze and review this data. They don't have time for that. And iRacing don't care about some of these little leagues that are running in Australia. Like even Scops, yeah, absolutely. They're probably, you know, chatting to some of the people that are involved in that on a regular basis. That's, that's probably happening. But are they going to spend the time and invest time into analyzing data for these, for these leagues? It's not going to happen. I think all the leagues needed to make a stance um, and they did that. Um, the teams have absolutely got their own right to do that as well, but the problem is, is that they are the only team to to do that. And I like I, I love Brian's passion for his team. Like I think that's there's no question about that. You can see he wears his heart on his sleeve, and it's one of the things he's most proudest of. You can hear that in his voice and the way he talks about it. Um, so he's always going to talk about his team in the best light possible. There's no question about that. Um, but you know, I think you know, I think there's a couple of things in, for me that just jumped out, and it's not questioning what he said or you know where where he sits on the whole cheating scandal. I, I don't think for a second right now that he was cheating at all. I do not think that at all, um, and that's just my personal judgment. But you know, he made comment about you know teams contacting him directly, but you know later on um, saying that no one else has stood up. During the process, no one else has put their hand up and said, "Hey, we're not involved. Um, you know, we're not going to share our data. We're not going to, you know, be be one of the other teams that are going to stand up and put our point across." Um, I think this, there's a gap there. Why aren't they doing that? If 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 one team's done it but no one else is doing it, that it just raises questions. It's just you know just things that make ears, people's ears prick up. Um, and probably the one other point that you know for me that I really wanted to make a point about is that you know I think. Um, you know, Brian um, made a comment about you know the Australian community being neg- overall being quite negative, and they need to come together. For me, um, where they posted that, and they don't have too many other places to post that. Um, as I said, like for me, I said it on the podcast last week. Me, if I was a league owner, sorry, a team owner, I would have been patient. I would have talked to other teams, see if I could. Have Got, got some kind of collaboration between a multiple amount of teams and then did something, put something out there on a Facebook page or whatever it was, and I think that would have probably got a better response. It's easy to say that, you know, looking back on it. But for me, I don't think the overall, the, the Australian community, iRacing community is a negative community. I think the majority of the community are extremely positive. They're engaging. They help each other. And you ask most people, they'll give you assistance, whether it's setups or track assistance, whatever it may be. I think the overall community is generally pretty positive. The problem is their comment was done on Facebook. And Facebook generally is a negative place. Um, whether you're looking at basketball, whether you're looking at racing, whether you're looking at, you know, a photo that I put up last week um, of me down the pub or something like that, there's going to be some smart ass or negative comment and the rest of my friends or iRacing community or the NBA fans in the world are going to jump onto that post and put negative comments in there. Um, that's just generally what happens on Facebook. But what I would say to that is that I've got a list of 15, 20 Discord groups that I'm a part of, some I participate in, some I just sit back and watch. None of them are negative. And when there's negative comments put in there, the admins get rid of them straight away. So that tells me that the large majority of people are positive and they want to engage and they want to help each other out. Um, and I think that, for me, is a big point from that whole conversation. And look, it's, that's distracting from what we're talking about in the child cheating scandal. But I think for me, that was the thing that really stuck out, stood out to me and, and stuck with me from it. Yeah, definitely. Look, yeah, I... I... I definitely see like being in the interview and then hearing the this kind of stuff. I agree with you that 
that when you talk about the majority of people and it's the silent majority are positive it's the the negative it's the echo chamber of the negative facebook which is definitely the reference and, and it definitely is and that's the point that i i i'm sitting here listening and, and then also trying to think in the back of my head there's no place for cool you can you can pop these things in other discords and stuff like that but that statement there's no news news article news outlet that's going to take that statement and go with it because cool it's this you know small little niche eye racing thing that's having a bit of a dilemma they've got their panties in the knot about something we're not going to waste time on that there, there's nowhere there's nowhere to really do that except for the facebook which is the problem i guess but well i i asked do you need to no, no, this and, is and, what I think he mentioned at the end. Like, I, I think the way to go about it was, hey, let's 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 message the individual ones, um, individual e owners, okay, um, or just put the question out there: Can we get some clarity about what's happening with our data exactly? What is it that you're looking for? What are you going to do with it if you find it? That's all I want to know, and that's all his end goal was. But he did it the wrong way which yeah, is look, he, he admitted to yeah look and the thing is look again if i if i try to walk a mile in in the shoes and think what would i have done in that circumstance i message the league owner directly and i say hey uh, can you give me some clarity i have some questions and concerns um about sharing this data not because i'm cheating i want to i want to be able to clear my name i'm just worried about you know, the, the term in, in IT is data sovereignty, you know. Uh, I'm worried about the security of my data and what's going to happen with it. What sort of assurances can you give me that my data will not be shared and and and, and that sort of thing? And I think that's a very valid question to ask in, a, in what some people take particularly very seriously um, and, you know, they, they have concerns about it and that's fine. Um, but to put it up publicly in a on a platform which is known for its negativity and 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 its 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 polarizing approach to just being a platform and sharing information um like that uh, it's it's just not how i would do it and and maybe i just walk differently in, in my walk but um and i think that's and he did knowledge and it sounded like he did and when he was talking um uh that that was probably the misstep what do you think of the, the the league he talked about RSA that um, their method where if they find something irregular they pass it on to iRacing for further further reference from their end before anything goes on is that the the way forward for for league owners obviously it's null and void by the time we get to the next point in the news article but should should that should that have been the stance from the league owners just quickly before we move on from this? Look, it's really tough for league owners, right? It, it's it all emerged so quickly. How yes. do you have a data protocol? How do you have a protocol to manage this sort of stuff when it suddenly sprang on you? Right, their immediate response was, "We want all the data to start with, and we'll work it out as we go along." We know kind of what we're looking for, but. These aren't professional organisations necessarily that are set up to manage data and 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 you know even to at any sort of scale consume that sort of data and, and analyse it sort of thing. So I think an appropriate thing would be, hey, yeah, we will, if not channel it directly to iRacing as the final arbiter, but to give, like I said, some assurances that the data is safe with us. 
we will have a quick squeeze to see, you know, under the parameters that we understand um, the, the, where we can see bodginess, yeah, hand it over to iRacing and, and, and report it because they are the final authority. That, that I think, is sensible. Because I think there's one thing we're also missing right now when I'm talking about it right now is, A, we're not media trained here in the podcast. Team owners of iRacing, (laughs) 100%, most of them, except for the really top level, aren't media trained, aren't social media trained or anything like that trained, let alone writing a a document. Um, I've got to stop that. I said loud stuff in my ear from Twitch. Apologies for the face. Um, (laughs) But the final thing is league owners, definitely. Like even Scops at the highest level, he they're not out there getting media training on how to deal with these things. So when they come to deal with it, they're putting the the best option forward that they've got and they think, cool, this is excellent, but they're not looking at it from 15 million eyes going, okay, well, how can it be taken this way? How can it be taken that way? How can it also be, are we giving everyone every bit of information that we need to give them to get make the clear understanding of what we're actually going to do? We're talking about people here who are just doing this as a bit of a hobby, a bit of a side business, and they put it out thinking, cool, this is excellent. This is, you know, it says exactly what it is, but then, you know, I read something one way, you read something the other, and then 15 million other people read something completely differently. Is that fair? <laughs> like, it's a yeah, lot of miscommunication. It's a tough, one. It's a tough of... one, right? There's, there's no... There's no um board or committee or there's no charter there's no operating model there's there's nothing right these people are doing it as a hobby because they want to support a community to have a good time and 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 they enjoy it right um when does it shift into something that needs all that kind of stuff uh it's yeah it's tough you know and and when you take away the rule of trust and and uh, that everyone comes in with um which something like this will do, and then you try it in the court of Facebook or other sort of social media platforms. Um, yeah, it, it just complicates it very much, very quickly. I, yeah. I do think that I think the, uh, a big part of the league owners' reactions was a bit of a snowball effect, where the the the, the drama got put out there, and then everyone reacted without even knowing what they could do about it. Um, they just assumed that something might come, but their first reaction was, let's put a bit of fear out there to say, hey, if you are cheating, we're going to have something, inverted commas, something, but we don't know what that is right now um, because it's not as simple as you guys have said. It's not as simple as just looking at data. And I imagine there's probably, you know, from all the discords teams that I'm aware of, there's probably one discord out there with one team, one group of people that can analyze that data and, and work it out beyond iRacing, there's probably one group of people. Um, so that's not many in, in Australia. So I, I suspect that, and, you know, this goes on to where we where it goes from here, and I think it, it follows on from, you know, what was on um, the iRacing forums, and that was, you know, iRacing are aware of it. Um, they are going, they've got something happening in the background that's going to apparently put a stop to it or a fix to it. Um, and then whatever other reactions come from that happen. But, you know, I also suspect that not much is going to come from it from that point. There'll be just some adjustments in the background that we won't see and it'll be hush-hush and we all move on. I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, let's quickly move into the second news article that we've got, which is um, it got brought to our attention that, uh, so Robert Crisdale put in the forums, um, 
a link to our website, our podcast, which thank you for that, and, and referencing the time thing. And what are, what is iRacing doing, David, to shut this off? Referencing uh, Macrogate, he calls it. And then David Tucker actually replies, the staff member for iRacing, I have code in the works to improve this. I'm not going to go into the details here, but it is a good fix. So referencing what Timmy just asked and referencing what Brian was mentioning in the actual interview, McKellar, where do you think iRacing goes with this fix? What, what's the, what's going to happen over the next couple of weeks? Well, I don't know the practical the practical or the practicalities of what they'll implement, right? But I think it's pretty standard not to explain the solution because mm-hmm. by explaining it, you just open up other attack vectors potentially. Um uh, he strikes me, Mr. Tucker, as a fairly cluey bloke from what I've seen over the years on the forums just here and there and, and pretty passionate about what he does. And so, and I, I, can I tell you, my limited interactions and dealings with iRacing staff, they are all a pretty passionate crew and to have this kind of thing come into their world would be, a, would have shaken them a bit, assuming they didn't know about it and weren't working on it in the background already. Um but, yeah, it's pretty standard practice in my experience not to explain the solution. However, if he's coming in with a level of confidence, the level of technical expertise that I've seen him over the years express, that it gives me a level of confidence that it'll be he'll be good to his word and it'll be a good fix. However, is it a permanent uh, all-in-one solution and we can sleep easy at night for the rest of our lives? I don't know. I don't think you can ever get that way in any piece of software. Um, However, one thing that I would I would like to see in addition to what they're doing, and I get a lot of confidence from David's post there, um, is just confirmation when it's in to say, hey, we've done our bit, it's in. Um, you can rest a bit easier now knowing that we've we've done what we think will help fix the problem. If we can get that, then I'll be okay. So do you think it's just a note in the show note in the show notes, in the in the patch notes for uh, fixed uh, potential exploit to traction control for vehicles that shouldn't have traction control or something along those lines. Or whatever it is. So they were doing more than just traction control. They are doing braking, blipping. Yeah. They were doing all the – there's any number of things that you could do with a series of macros if they've got access to do it, right? Yeah. And um, – if they've done that, I mean, I would like to think that in addition to that in the background, they're looking at how they could monitor it. Uh, yeah. And I assume they've got all centralised. I mean, it'd be a massive data, but I got the impression that they have got a massive data on, on stuff going on in officials and all the rest of it that they control through and identify this stuff with. If the first step is to plug the hole uh, and then the second step is to make um, or have the procedures and protocols in where it can be monitored and flagged and then action taken on, uh, you know, it might be AI-driven, it might be whatever it is that flags these things, but then it gets handed over to a human eye to review and then action be taken. As soon as there's a protocol in place, you know, once the initial dam's been plugged, I, I think we're in a better place. Yeah, so I see, I see there'd be something in the patch notes and there'll be something... Just a quick note, and you'll you'll half those who are looking for it will understand what it's about, and those who aren't looking for it will be like, okay, I don't understand what that's about, but cool, sounds cool. Um, then there will be some people who won't have, won't be racing anymore. You you'll just notice that they're either got a different account now, or they just not racing anymore. I, I, 
I assume they 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 plug and ban at the same time, but maybe they just plug first, and then you see people come slower, and then they disappear. I I'm a bit unsure on that, but definitely yeah. I, it's going to be quite silent, as Brian I think alluded to in the thing. It'll just be for those who are looking for it will know. Those who aren't looking for it won't have any idea that anything has changed whatsoever. Yeah, look, um, uh, and 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 they're not. And my experience, and and we've spoken about this off air. Uh, my experience in dealing and talking with Nim Cross in the past is uh, they have a no name and shame uh, yep. policy. Um, they don't. If you protest someone and you, you get your email to say your process, your protest has been looked at, but they won't give you the outcome. You know, unless the individual concern comes out and says, hey, I've got a, an X week ban or I've got a chat ban or I've got a forum, whatever it is, you won't necessarily know the outcome unless you're the person concerned. They have a council and, and, and um, uh, repent kind of uh, philosophy where they want people to engage with the service in the right way and they'll give you a little nudge and then a little slap and a tap and, and get to try and get you on the right path. But we won't know unless people come out and out themselves, um, who's been been affected. We can guess, you know, when so-and-so two pops up or another account disappears or whatever, but I think there's danger in that too. Same as trialling by Facebook or any other thing. If we start casting shade without evidence, we're, we're, you know, on a bit of a slippery slope in my view. Yeah, definitely. So at the end of the day, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one because obviously – yeah, we will, we'll never know. We, we will never know, straight up. Um, the other problem is um, it's seen in every other game. You can look at it, Fortnite, um, Warzone, all that kind of stuff. You plug one hole, two others appear, um, and that will happen. So there's too much money in it not to happen. Um so, so someone will be already sitting there trying to work out a different exploit already just in case have like four or five up their sleeve in case something goes along. Tim, did we answer your question? Where do you sit on it? Yeah, of course you did. Okay. Sorry sorry for breaking the news early though. I oh, apologize okay. for that. <laughs> it's called a segue. So it is, good. yeah. Well done. Yep. Um, so what do you reckon? That, that's pretty much what's going to happen? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and like I think the 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 suspicions will be out as to who did it, but you can't stop that. Um, and you know, unless people have evidence and start throwing names out there, I don't think those people are going to step up and say anything. But look, to be honest, I actually don't care. I don't care about those people. I just want the fix in, so we can just. Yeah. I want to see a cracking season of scops ahead of us. I want to see yes. best drivers getting the best times, and I want it to be close, and I want be plenty of action and i want to see that in every series um i think we all do but i don't want to go into you know a racing series being you know having questions in the back of my head going you know i know i'm the fastest but why is this guy why is wilco you know five seconds in front of me um, how did ben snell get such a good start in tcr it's just phenomenal yeah 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 exactly <laughs> <laughs> he probably no. did that with thongs as well yeah uh, <laughs> One one hand on the beer, one hand on the wheel. It's a, yeah. spill, didn't spill a drop either. No, it, it yeah. Look, that's that's. I hundred percent agree. I, I want that. I want. I don't want any shade hanging over anyone. I just want to watch some really good racing, and it's built up to be another cracking year. With especially when rain drops in the middle of the Bathurst twenty four hour, a uh, twelve hour. It'll be, it's gonna be great. I can't wait. I, I love that little um, thing that went out. I think Trading Pace was was calling for it. Um, 
uh, for the Daytona 24 hour. Yeah. The patch is already live. Rain's already in there. They're just going to turn it live halfway through the Daytona 24. Would have been classic. They were, they were talking about it on Racebot and they were uh, like getting live weather reports. They said there's overcast clouds coming through. It could be the rain coming. And then they had another live update later on saying, oh, it's past. I don't think the rain's coming. Yeah. It was no, actually that, really good. It, 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 I, I think you'd have to have the um, Nürburgring 24-hour. Uh, Wouldn't you have, have that oh, as the the potential? One. You'd have to think that's it. But I guess, yeah, it's mid-year, I reckon. You'd, you'd want one of the big Enduros anyway is the, is the big showpiece to, to show it all off. But um, you I do. can't wait for you it. For racing and yes we've got so much content coming and it's just we've got all this dirt stuff coming up we've got as uh, the cowboy in chat said winton and sandown are still on their way and i think there's still a mystery australian track that we haven't heard of yet um we've got those brazilian touring cars or whatever they are uh, muscle cars i don't know what they are but they're coming too so new formula one car eventually lots of stuff happening hey who knows this um this apparent fix could be coming through in this patch too tomorrow yeah could be hope. Look, I, I really do hope. I, um, I hope we get it sooner rather than later, and we can stop talking about this and move on to back to our normal numbers and um, start talking about just what we've been up to for a lot longer. But anyway, let's. No one here went in the Daytona Twenty Four. Look, there was some server issues, from what I understand. Uh, there was a cracking race to be had. Um, Tim has got the best of all of us that that watched some of it. Uh, I know you watch SVG and Max Verstappen do their stuff, but uh, what happened to Max Car? They just power issues or something or other? Yeah, well, look, I wasn't an expert on the whole 24 hours because I watch no. parts of it. Um, I did enjoy listening to Hainsey on, on, on Racebot TV, which was good. He was in fine form. You know, put Hainsey on a broadcast where he can talk for six hours. <laughs> um, he's, he's in his element. But, um, look, it was it was good racing. Most of it was actually pretty clean from what I saw. I'd, look, I watched a fair bit of um, 6 to 12 and 12 to 18. Um, and, yeah, it was, look, it was, it was actually quite good racing. Um, the coverage was really good as well. But, um, yeah, S, uh, the Team Redline just had a – tough day uh, two cars that had major issues um and one of them was obviously max's which they had power issues which cut out and i think similar issues happened to um svg's car as well uh, but uh, max's car max's team and they were quick too but they ended up pulling pulling the plug when they had i think 14 hours to go um but svg i think got back in and kept in, in their car and kept racing and i think they actually pulled back a lap and got down two and they, they were up for one lap back which was Similar story to what I heard. I sat in the, the our training session, and Josh, who was doing our training, had actually done the the, the twenty four with his team, and it was late into the night, and someone they, they they had an incident with a lapped car and spun and got some damage, and they pulled it in optional repairs. They tried to do a few laps, and she was aero damaged, and it wasn't going to be um going very fast. So as a team, they decided, now nah, let's just call it there. Let's just go to bed. It's not worth it. Uh, he went to bed and then he woke up to like multiple phone calls missed because uh, he put his phone on silent. But one of the guys decided to keep lapping uh, after everyone left. And then all of a sudden he raced like the rest of the night by himself because no one came along and uh, they came fifth or something in the end. So it's... Um... The other one was um, actually now thinking about it. Sorry, and I wish I'd got more information on this was Casey Kerwin's team um, because they were down, was it? <laughs> Two laps, is it? Yeah, two laps. Um, 
and raced back and come back to the front and finished first, was it? Or yeah, and they won. Yeah, they won their split. They won their yeah. split. I, I watched a bit of. I watched him finish the race. Actually, he did like eleven hours in the seat. Eleven hours, like, <laughs> like the last three or four stints. Uh, or, or more, like he he just was a machine, and um, the thing is, the kid comes from an oval background, right? But he's yeah, um, he's pretty handy, and he's he's got a really cool head from the little bit of that I've seen of him in the last couple of years. He's really calm and, and collected in the car, and um, yeah, it was really interesting to watch. But you know, the title of the stream was "Hey, we're two laps down, making a comeback," and sure enough, they go on to win the thing. And that's what I, I love at 24, and that's why I would love to have actually got in there. But I, I, th- I, I have to put it on my calendar for either the ring or next year Daytona. I, I guess the hard thing with Daytona is it's such a hard time with the Bathurst 12-hour, Daytona 500, everything around the corner. It's, the, it's a fresh start to the year. Maybe we aim for, for that mid-year, mid-goal, or even Le Mans or something like that, but... Yeah, look, I just, can I, if, if I could recommend anything, it's it's my personal bias, I guess. I like to lap Nords. I don't like to race it. Um, it with multi-class stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, you yeah, know, yeah. This, it's a goat track, single lane goat track, really, uh, when it comes to passing. So it's something like Le Mans or, to a lesser extent, Daytona, where they're set up to do it. Right, there's plenty of space to overtake and and faster cars through and all the rest. But just do yourself a favour and do one of them. Leave it for the nutters to do the Nords. <laughs> yeah, That's the other one was um, so Braden's put it in Twitch, which is Ken and Kusan did 24 hours for charity straight. Oh wow! And I don't know if that's true because you never believe what Braden says. But um, Keenan, I've just done a quick Google, is uh, um, a editor for Traxian yep. website. Yep. Um, so that, you know, that lines up with the charity piece as well, but that's insane. Like seriously, 24 hours, even like Casey Kerr, I was watching probably the last an hour or two hours and his times were still, even after that time. And he like, looked like he'd had, like he, he, he didn't look tired. Uh, I always say he had looked like he had about 40 Vs or Red Bulls, but he, he didn't look like that either. He just looked like he was, you know, woke up at 10 o'clock in the morning, had his wheat bix good to go. Probably not wheat bix Wheaties. Yeah, I, I think the big thing to come from it was the sheer amount of teams that that um, actually registered and raced. Like there was four sessions over the weekend, and um, uh, Braden showed me a thing. There was a, I think there's about fifteen to twenty um, splits in that just that one session. It was absolutely crazy. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to find, I did read somewhere where they had the full stats. That, 17, um, 17, over 17,000 drivers. Yeah. It's just oh, that's... crazy. And there was a couple of teams that registered in every single session, all four sessions. Uh, there was a couple of drivers that registered in every single session as well. Um, oh, it's just crazy. So well done to all those who did compete. Uh, and like I said, I can't wait to actually do a full 24-hour one soon. I think we'll definitely try them for the 12-hour um, for the Bathurst. But, uh, yeah, they've got to get a 24 under belt. Um, I, I, the other last little news without notice, I just remember I was just flicking through the iRacing page, was Dale Hernut Jr. got inducted into the NASCAR Hall of Fame uh, this year as well. And he's obviously currently an executive director of um iRacing so congratulations Dale Earnhardt Jr. So Yeah, nice job. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So another little notch in the belt for iRacing. We got someone like that behind the 
behind the wheel, telling uh, telling him what to do. But I think he's always been a big supporter of iRacing, he has, to be honest. Yeah, yeah massive. So good. Luck I'm pretty him. sure he was one of the ones out at the one of the tracks that they remapped after it was long gone. They hadn't raced on it for years, and he actually was one of the guys out there actually pulling the weeds out of the track and helping. Yeah, nice. Build up. So, hey, uh, Wilco, I've got those stats. Sorry to, to go back, but yeah, Steve Myers, yeah, Steve Myers tweet was um, so 3,911 teams. Um, with, this is 15,780 declared drivers across the race session, so it's sort of a few thousand out. Um, two teams registered for all four sessions, and seven drivers declared as drivers. Seven, seven declared, seven declared drivers for seven drivers declared for all four sessions. Yeah. Um, and does not account for possibly declared by more than one team. Is that even possible? Yeah, so what you do is when you start a team event, you say these are the drivers we're going to have. Now, if they don't jump in, that's fine. But as long as you get the minimum from the ones that do jump in. But if you're a member of Locked On Racing, but then you're also a member of uh, Sunday Night Life, Sunday Night Lights Racing or Top Sloot Racing, you can register for one session for... Sunday night lights and you can register for the next session under locked on. So right. you're not technically they're not counting you as racing as registering twice because you register for two separate teams. Well both both teams can register for the same session, right? Yeah. You can't you can't race for both teams. You can only register yeah, you, for the session probably, as, yeah. as one of your teams. Right. Yes, okay. But you could but you'd have to declare it at the start. So we could declare the four of us and then all of a sudden Tim goes, No, nah, I'm gonna race for uh, Milo, they've they've declared me as well, and I'm going to go do that, and and off you go. So yeah, yeah. As long as you're a member of a, a team before the you reg the team registers for a session, that's fine. Yeah, no, that's cool. So let's move on to the results for the, the local racing series so far. Let's um let uh, hold on. It's brought to us by Brewster Coffee. Let's go back there again. B r e b r e w s t r dot coffee. Um, go check it out. Go rate your local coffee. Go find a new haunt that's right near you that's got some cool coffee that someone else recommends for you. Uh, go do that. Go just share his accounts on Facebook and Twitter and all that kind of stuff. That kind of stuff helps. Just go click on his website. Uh, all that kind of stuff helps. But now we're moving into the results. We are going to talk about Sunday Night Lights first. So what happened, Alex McKellar, in Sunday Night Lights this week? Yeah, well, we were off to Knock Hill for the first time, as we spoke about earlier. Uh, really enjoyed a good night out. Uh, Corey and I uh, enjoyed calling the race. It was quite exciting to watch. First big event of the night was Nagai. Now you Nagai pipped off pole by Christian Perez, who's long for the last, I don't know, season and a half, had his eyes sort of cast on the guy's ability to stick it on pole um, and just shaking his head because Christian is as good as they get in that car, uh, but he just couldn't beat the guy's one-lap pace. Um, so, and not only did he beat him, but he beat him by two tenths at a track like that, which was super impressive. So front row was uh, Perez and Pole who jagged the, the bonus point in the series that he wants to win most at the moment uh, ahead of Nagai. Sam Devantia backed up his uh, great performance last week uh, to take out the Red Bull ring round uh, with third uh, in qualifying and returning champion Julian O'Frey was uh, fourth. So Devantia, the leading ANZ driver in quality at least. 
Vasco Sorovsky, uh, looking at other ANZ drivers in quali, he stuck it in fifth, uh, which I, from memory, no, he might have done fourth before. Anyway, he's, he's, he's in, his qualification is certainly on the up. Uh, I'm just trying to spot the other ANZ drivers because we had a few, actually. Darren Tune of um, uh, Aussie Car of Renowned at the moment, got some good pace in the skips. He qualified 10th. Great to see him there on a Sunday night. Corey Lane was back for the first time this season in 11th. Russell Clark, the third, the team Milo boss man qualified in 12th. Mitchell Nichols just behind him in 13th. And then we had Mr. Gardner, who, of course, has joined us in Aussie Car as well. He's down, he started in 16th. And Mitchell McLeod, uh, the great Aussie streamer, was with us again for the first time this season, having done exactly zero laps of practice. Uh, he was down in uh, 17th uh, off the grid. So the race got away. Um, and can I say... Um, Perez was absolutely the class of the field. By the end of the first lap, he had, you know, six or seven tenths gap already, which doesn't sound like a lot, but in that field at that track, it was absolutely the springboard he needed. And, you know, spoiler, the guy drove away from them uh, and and, uh, just dominated the race. It was really, uh, really impressive. What that did leave, though, was an absolutely exciting battle for the minor places on the podium, and I'm grateful to say that there were two ANZ drivers involved. The Cowboy Sam Devantia and Vasco Sarovsky were in it up to their eyeballs with Julian O'Frey and Naoya Nagai. The really pleasing aspect of the race was to see Nagai actually in their race. We know he's got that startling one-lap pace, but the... You know, the elbows out racing, which a track like that requires, he hasn't always uh, had on display. But uh, that pack of four was just amazing to watch. The cut and thrust and the different nuances of the conversation in that that pack was amazing. Similarly, behind, uh, there was some great racing that actually did include Mr. Clark and some of the other runners in the midfield and, and, and Neil Gardner that we know from Aussie Car as well. Uh, Nakajima and Chun and McLeod who charged up quite a long way uh, in his um, attempts to move forward in the field after poor qualifying. However, in the end, uh, after an amazing battle, particularly between uh, Devant here and O'Frey, um, O'Frey often bouncing in and out of this universe. His wife was apparently watching Netflix or something and he kept disappearing halfway through, the, like repeatedly. And he, I spoke to him after the race and the interviews and he said, yeah, I've got to have a word to the missus. Anyway, um, Julian uh, was able to um, get the move done and, and uh, was able to finish some seven seconds behind Christian Perez, mind you, but in second place. Uh, ahead of the cowboy, who after that late move was then caught up battling with uh, uh, Nagai and Sorovsky. Uh, but Devantia was able to back up his maiden victory at Red Bull Ring with a third place finish, which uh, augurs well for him in the rest of the season as well. And a shout out to Cowboy, who today cracked 7K I rating after farming many weeks in the skips. But congratulations, that's a significant milestone. Well done, sir. Uh, and just ask him, he's, he's enjoying it a lot. So, uh, Perez O'Frey, Devantia on the podium, Nagai in fourth uh, after having a spectacular exit to the race last week, managed to uh, finish all on all fours this week, which was great. Sorosky, uh, after briefly floating in second position, I think he picked up a slowdown at, at, in doing so and he ended up back in fifth, which was still a solid result for, for the ANZ driver. The other ANZ drivers in the field, we saw Mitchell Nichols, 
who uh, started 13th, rise up to 8th, uh, which was a, a good result just ahead of, oh, sorry, 7th, just ahead of Russell Clark in 8th. Mitchell McLeod similarly rose from uh, eight, uh, 17th, got up to 9th, which was a solid drive for someone who had zero practice. Darren Tune uh, rounded out the top 10, and Neil Gardner uh, did finish at our top uh, Sunday Night Light score, point scoring positions in 12th, Corey Lane, unfortunately, similarly light on in practice, uh, bombed out in 19th. Just jumping over to the second split to check on our ANZ regulars, or at least our ANZ drivers, finishing uh, second behind uh, Daniel Fernandez was Simon Bailey. Uh, Nathan Verney grabbed uh, another solid finish in 4th. Uh, Matthew Harriet, of course, we know from uh, Aussie Car, he was in 5th. Uh, Ken Himes, the great Ken Himes in eighth. Uh, Jeff O'Watch sees us uh, all the way down in ninth this week, but still in the points, just ahead of Jason Wilman in tenth. Uh, Aaron Gilbert, who's not necessarily familiar to me in, in Sunday Night Lights terms, uh, but he's finished in twelfth to pick up some SNL points. Nicholas uh, Marchese and Jeremy Bush had a sorry night out in eighteenth, uh, which which is unfortunate for him. However. Turning our attention to the overall standings so far, Christian Perez, who has stated his objective to win SNL this season, is currently leading on. Uh, he's almost, uh, well, he is actually 20 points ahead of Mitchell Nichols, who's also the leading ANZ driver, sitting in second, uh, which is a, a great uh, a great thing after three rounds. Now you're in a guy after bombing out last week is still clinging on to third position just ahead of the Cowboy, Sam Devantia. Those two separated by only a point, both having had uh, a zero-point race. Uh, so expect them to continue on if they can um, get the points continuing to flow. Vasco Sorovsky, the next ANZ driver in sixth. Russell Clark in eighth, which is good early season running for Russell. Ryan Portelli in ninth, Mr. Verney rises 16 positions to launch himself into the top 20 in 11th. At this stage, the great Ken Himes in 13th. Neil Gardner, who is joining us regularly for the first time this season, uh, is in 15th at the moment, just ahead of Paul Wilson in 16th. And Jeffo, Mark Jeffo, Jeffrey, uh, up 37 positions, uh, the highest riser in the top 20 to land in 20th. So next week, uh, off to Road America, very, very different style of racing uh, to knock heel, of course, um, but looking forward to it equally as much. We were 100% listening to all that, Alex, 100%. <laughs> Look, I try, I try to get through it. There's a lot to cover, but, you know, we get there in the end. Uh, for those who haven't caught us uh, because we didn't tell anyone, left on lads on Twitch uh, slash, uh, no, Twitch.tv slash Lachlan Lads, you can see screen masks going all over Timmy's face and in the background now because we got, someone asked me to, so it took a lot longer than I expected <laughs> no, it to. No, no one asked you to, all right? <laughs> no one asked you to. They just Let's... made a funny comment. You would just want to run with it, mate. I did. I want, I did run with it. Let's move on to Aussie Formula Skip Barber, which went to Daytona at night on the Moto Track layout, which is a little, little kinky thing before it comes on to the... The oh, track again. Yeah, yeah. Russell's in chat, going? so we're talking about kinky things again. Uh, so what happened in race one? I can use the spreadsheet now. So it was a Van Diemen racing one-two in um, old race one. Ben Snell and Russell Clark getting first and second. 
young Alex McKellar coming from sixth on the grid to third uh, was was a really good option. We didn't talk about your Formula Skip Barber experience, did we? No, nah, look, it was interesting. Uh, I'm enjoying the challenge of uh, with Ben and, and Cameron and great to see John Skoltz and Russell's having a good season as well. Look, and then you throw in the likes of Darren Tune and Neil Gardner, uh, the perennial contender in Sean Doyle. It's a really good mix up there, uh, to be honest with you, and it's it's been a lot of fun. Uh, personal challenge this season, obviously, to try and beat my teammate, although two weeks off makes it a bit easier with uh, with work. Uh, he's away for a couple of weeks. But the racing there was interesting. Um, I almost put up uh, race one replay. I, I was going to, but I didn't because the, the broadcast, unfortunately, missed it. They had technical issues. But it was five wide, I think, at the finish there, and it was almost a lottery as to who won it. Uh, ben did his classic under the yellow line back up just in time to cross the line and take the chocolates. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there was some sideways glances in the Discord, so to speak, on that one, but he, he managed to get it done. Um, but, yeah, look, and then Cameron and I, um, after the pit stops, because uh, there was a mistake in the server that it meant uh, fuel was unrestricted, so it really opened up strategy uh, from a fuel perspective at least. A stop perspective um so a few of us went in lap one rather than the hunting the overcut which has been so powerful in the last couple of seasons um cameron came in the the lap after us i think because without a draft partner uh look the yeah. draft on the straight was worth half a second no yeah, problem me and Braden were in in chat watching it live and um yeah as soon as you guys came in we're like well there goes cameron dance unless he re- reacts really quickly and he did and he actually came out ahead as yeah. well so yeah yeah he did uh so that was good uh and then uh for some reason it was just ben and i and, and cameron and then the real interesting complexity thrown into the race was where we came out, uh, we came up on a bunch of uh, cars for position but cars that hadn't pitted and uh, Ben was just able to navigate that uh, up to the tune of a, a second and a half to two seconds better than Cameron and I were able to and I said, oh, Ben, you're gone. But then Cameron and I were able to work together uh, and we got back into the draft uh, with about three laps to go. And I thought, oh, here we go, it's on. And then Ben had, uh, I think, two laps before dropped his 1X, so I wasn't worried about it, and just had a cracking run <laughs> through the bus stop yeah. <laughs> with a strategic 1X. And and I had a, a not as good a run, uh, obviously. Uh, and that cost us. And then Cameron and I were left to to duke it out between ourselves. And he, uh, he sat behind and draft pass for the win. For the, the for the second place, but you know, you know that's part of racing. But the one thing I would say to Cameron, if he's listening, bump drafting's not a thing in the skips, mate. Just saying. No, no, anyway. I've proved it is. Me and Mighty were doing it at Dover quite successfully until we got told we weren't allowed to. So. Well, look, the, it's high risk, low reward. <laughs> it is very high honest. risk. Zero um, but reward. The other, reward. Yeah, but the other thing, uh, Corey and I did it in a league race. Didn't we? Did this side drafting in a league race yep. and side drafting is faster it's faster around yeah. an oval uh in the skips so yeah, now we we found that at le mans the, the side drafting was just superior by far and safer yeah, exactly right absolutely yeah absolutely so there you go um, now that was back it. to those results i guess so um yeah ben Snell start first finish first um like i said uh clark second mckella third 
Dance fourth, Shorts fifth, as you, all those names that you threw out there before. Really good effort from everyone there. Um, race one biggest movers was Brian Sagasar, 14 places from 25th to 11th. Matthew Harriet, 10 places from 23rd to 13th. And Simon Clayson, uh, up eight places, 20th to 12th. Well done to all those people. Um, a few ZRXs in the first one, which is really good. And uh, the fastest lap to Jeremy Bush. Well done. Um, let's get into race two then quickly, which is um, uh, so we've, as you said there, we had Ben Snell winning ahead of Cameron Dance and Alex McKellar. Um, yourself, uh, Brian Sagasa, big, huge move, starting 25th at race one, finishing fourth. Uh, on race two, very, very good effort there. So biggest mover of the night for sure. Uh, John Schultz starting fifth, finishing fifth. Uh, biggest on Nathan Verney there, ending up in eighth position. Darren Tune again, very consistent night, finishing seventh and sixth, uh, sixth and seventh respectively. Uh, so well done to those. Biggest movers for race two. Um, Craig Kerman up 11 spots, 25 to 14. Uh, Jeremy Bush up eight spots. Uh, 18th to 10th, and Brian Sagasar, like I said, 7th places, 11th to 4th, so well done there. Uh, the fastest lap went to Cameron Dance as well, so well done there. Yeah, you're welcome, Cameron. You can have my draft any day, mate. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as, as we're aware, Ben Snell winning both races and getting some bonus points there, 101 points for the round. Very well done on taking the round victory. So we go to the overall results and... We currently have Ben Snell leading the championship um, on 141 points. Is this all right? That's not right. No, that's, that's his number. Just that's over his number. Mayor, cool. Mate. There yeah, we go. It's too far away, Vernie. What are you doing with this thing? We, we miss Martin. This is what yeah, I was going to say. That's that. only, Martin's good for one thing. And that's it. So Ben Snell, 186 points for first. Uh, Alex McKellar is back two points in second. John Schultz. Is back 10 points in third at 174. The biggest loser, obviously, was Alex John not being there. Um, you know, there goes his his title chances. Uh, otherwise, he was looking really good. Uh, Darren Tunes up there in fourth. Uh, Cameron Dance in fifth. Neil Gardner in sixth. Russell Clark seventh. Sean Doyle eighth. Tim Harris and Nathan Verney round out the top 10 for the Locked On iRacing podcast. Um, overall, Road to 2K is apparently Brody Cook. Still hasn't won it yet, which is a shock, although he does drive a mile car, so he puts himself out of it every now and then. <laughs> to be fair, uh, it's only his second season, isn't I know. it? Uh, yeah. Oh, I think he's his third <laughs> now. Third, anyway, yeah, Craig, could be. Every time we used to read it, it was always Brody Cook first, 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 it's third. <laughs> but uh, Craig Kevin second, John Snell third, Darren Lassou fourth, Lee on Williams fifth, Ashley Knoll sixth, and Jesse White Carrig is seventh. Uh, all important team championship, unfortunately, sees a Van Diemen Racing, uh, Puppy Face and Dog Face 1 2. Um, Face and Dog Face, I think it is. What is it? Yeah, I think it's Cat and Dog. Is that what I I, Milo and Otis? Oh, it is too, Milo and Otis. I get it now. (laughs) Cool. Um, 337 to 302, top split in third, locked on iRacing podcast in fourth, White Knuckle fifth. 
Airways Aviation in sixth, uh, Aussie Car Racing Team in seventh, eighth is Black Sheep Racing, Locked On Version, um, Missed Apex in ninth, Norfolk Chance Racing in tenth, and Locked On Lad is in eleventh, unfortunately. So, yes, that is Aussie Car Formula Skip Barber. We're going to go to a new one this week. Um, we are going to hear about the Australasian Supercar E-Series live straight from Ryan Yeager's mouth. He's recorded a little piece for us, and I'm going to chuck it in now, and he's going to tell you all about what's been happening with V8 Supercars on Oval Races. Take it away, Raymond. Hello, my name is Raymond Jager, and welcome to the recap of the Ray White Real Gainer Australasian Supercar E-Series final round. This season culminates with 160 laps of hard and fast racing from one of the most famous racetracks in the world, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, for the biggest race of the season, the Indy 400. Championship leader and defending champion Justin Wincher basically just needs to avoid any major incidents to claim back-to-back championships. He takes a 22-point lead into the final race over second-place Scott Rankin. Qualifying with C, defending champion Witcher, put it on the pole, gaining the bonus point for doing so. Uh, Scotty, on the other hand, would have a tough session and could only manage 14th in qualifying out of the 18 cars to post a lap. Uh, So that would see the 160 lap lap race that sees tyres be the key, with drivers only having two extra sets to strap on during a race, have Justin Witcher lead the field away. He would lead the first lap, claiming yet another bonus point, but from there he would drop back through the field to run right towards the back of the pack, looking to play the strategy game and look after his tyres and save some fuel for what is a long race that usually in the past has come down to strategy. On the flip side of this, Scotty Rankin would look to make up for the poor qualifying effort and actually take the lead of the race on lap 30 of 160, which happened to be just before the beginning of the first round of green flag pit stops. After these pit stops, Scott would proceed to build a substantial lead at one point reaching as much as 15 seconds. However, by lap 120, after a further two rounds of green flag stops, Gary Wellman of the Simboys would take over the lead of the race, heading into the final round of stops. The magic number would be around about 127, lap 127, 128, for drivers to be able to make it home on fuel. Gary and teammate Kate Donnelly, who was running second, would pit for the final time at lap 130. From here, this would see Justin Witcher and his teammate Raymond Jager become the new leaders of the race, inheriting a 12-second gap in the process. The issue for these two drivers, they couldn't make it home on fuel, having stopped at lap 112. So... Lap, in, in lap 136, we would see teammates change position with Raymond Jager taking over the lead of the race and Justin Witcher dropping back significantly and quickly. Uh, lap 141 would see both drivers come through the pit lane for the final time for fuel only, having taken their tyres on lap 112. This would leave the final battle pack to form. In that pack, we would see Simboy's entries, Kate Donnelly and Gary Wellman, as well as the Southern Stars eSports entry of Adam Malone, Code 9 racing entry Sean Hart, and championship hopeful Scotty Rankin was there as well. They would have 20 laps and less than 6 tenths of a second covered. With 4 to go, unfortunately for Scott, he would drop off the back of the pack, leaving just Wellman, Donnelly Hart and Malone to fight it out for the race win. 
Gary would stretch his legs on the final lap and take out the Indy 400 for Season 2 by one and a half seconds from what was an intense battle that saw Sean Hart edge out Kay Donnelly for second by a tenth of a second and just one hundredth of a second further back to Adam Malone. So it was an incredible race, managing to go green for all 160 laps. It was a great win for Gary Wilman, his second of the season, but definitely the most important for him as he becomes the Season 2 Indy 400 champion. The race would see the end of the championship, of course, and defending champion Justin Witcher would manage to claim the championship by 12 points from Scott Rankin, and Gary Wellman would finish third by just an extra two points. We now take a two-week break uh, before we start Season 3 of the Australasian Supercar E-Series on January 30th from Homestead Miami Speedway. We hope to see you there, and if you can't be there, catch all the action on the Intersim Esports Network on Facebook or YouTube. Thank you, and good night. And thank you so much for that, Raymond Iega. We will look forward to hearing more about the V8 Supercars on the Oval Series and the Australasian Supercar E-Series from you soon. Uh, We have got a few more things lined up from a few more people as well, so uh, hopefully they'll come through fairly soon. But until then, let's move on to the Aussie Car Touring Car Championship uh, or the TTC or the TCR, whatever you want to call it, the Pro-Am Series. And Tim, have you got this spreadsheet or is this me? Am I doing this again? Oh, I'll do it if you want. Let me, I don't have the spreadsheet though. I'll just work off the uh, results from... Oh, I've got the spreadsheet here. It's, all oh, it's, good. In, the, it's in the run sheet, mate. Just click on Oh, the, you can't uh, order it. What are you doing? It's just a permissions thing. Yeah, I know. Anyway, so uh, for this, well, I went to Catalonia uh, for the Pro-Am series and no, round three I'm looking at. <laughs> there we go. We said before, uh, Barber Park. So we, they went there. Um, Bryce Crawford in the, Pro-Am, in the Pro-Am series started first, finished first. Uh, James Blavins started third, finished second. Well done there. And uh, Joshua Barry started fourth and finished third in race one. Biggest movers for the round or for the race was Matthew Harriet up six spots, uh, 19th to 13th. Uh, Brody Cook up five spots, uh, 16th to 11th, notably without Milo Car paint in this series, uh, presumably because he wants to stay on the track, I assume, not crashing. <laughs> I think he's, mate, he's barely dude, Iris. He's still working it all out. And don't and don't uh, trigger Russell by talking about the, the colour of his wheels either. Okay, no problems. The colour of it, look, no, we won't go there. Uh, Brian Sagasar, again, big mover in TC, TCR as well, 10th uh, to 5th, so well done there uh, for race one. Fastest lap, uh, Bryce Crawford taking up pole, fastest lap, and a 0x bonus, max points round one. Well done indeed. Uh, we then moved on to race two, the longer 40-lap uh, race. A 40-minute race, sorry, uh, which saw some strategy around the fuel stops as well. Uh, in that race, we saw, obviously, the, the top 10 inverted as well, which is another big part of it. Uh, Brian Sagasar took out first, Brody Shepard second, John Halloran third, uh, Joshua Barry fourth, Nathan Verney fifth, uh, Farron Hancock sixth, Liam Banks seventh, Jeremy Bush eighth, 
Max Donnelly ninth, and Brody Cook getting 10th. Big, big movers in this one. So Max Donnelly, as we always mentioned, up 10 spots. Uh, but uh, John Halloran up 12 spots, 15th to 3rd. Very big effort there. Liam Banks as well, 21st to 7th, up 14 places. Very well done. Um, faster slap once again to Bryce Crawford and uh, no poll bonus worry about there because that's just finishing 10th. Uh, overall for the round for the Pro-Am series, uh, Brian Sagasar and Brody Shepard took out the uh, honours, 92 points apiece. Uh, third went to Joshua Barry, uh, from what I can tell. And that is the Pro-Am series. If we move over to the Pro series, we press on that button there. Oh, actually, we should be able to go to Championship, I guess, for um, the Pro-Am series. We'll quickly go to the results overall. Uh, James Blavins is currently leading the championship by three points in Hyundai for Pool Guys Motorsports. Uh, Max Donnelly sitting in second, three points back. As I said, Jeremy Bush is in third, four points further back. Uh, in the Both of those guys in the Audi. Farron Hancock is in fifth. Well done to him. Aussie car regular. Nathan Verney's in seventh. Brody Cook in eighth. Uh, Lachlan Waller in, this is now saying 12th. There's obviously, there we go. Okay, so this spreadsheet's all over the place. So Joshua Barry in fourth, um, Farron Hancock's fifth, Brody Shepard sixth, Nathan Fernie seventh, Brody Cook eighth, Darren Leslie in ninth, and Jake Burgess and Callum Heinrich. Well done. Callum Heinrich in the top 10 equal their points at the end. Highest placed Audi. Oh, no, sorry, Audi Honda. Currently looks like it's in 20th. Can't see any better than that. So hopefully we see some Hondas come good in that. Um, Road to 2K, everyone's in the Road to 2K, so it's pretty much identical there. Uh, We will go into the team's championships. I don't know how that works, but I do believe it's a locked on one, two, three once we get it all sorted out. So well done, it's team, co- it's that. combined with It's combined with Pro and Pro-Am. Yes. So let's go to Pro. Um, well, quickly, obviously, they went to Barber, the motorsports park as well. And Darren, that's uh, sorry, Daniel Yeaman, friend of the podcast, was on there last week. Uh Third to first, uh, Marty Turner qualified first but ended up second. And Sebastian Flock started fifth, ended up third. Uh, Ashley Norman in fourth, Mitch Dean in fifth, Tim Corn in sixth, beating Braden Martin home in seventh and beating Timmy Harris home in eighth. Uh, Norm, Nathan Norman in ninth and Reese Gardner finishing out the top ten big movers. Simon Mazomo up eight spots. Um, otherwise it's a handful of fives from Tom Wilkinson and one Alex McKellar and one Nathan Norman well done, fastest lap of the race goes to Rhino Sullivan, well done as well, race two once again, spreadsheets all over the place, but let's go Daniel Yeaman in first Reese Gardner in second well done, Mitch Dean in third um Ryan O'Sullivan in fourth, uh, Mardi Turner in fifth, Timmy Harris in sixth, Nathan Norman in seventh, Braden Martin in eighth. Um, ninth is Sebastian Flock, who I believe gave Braden Martin a little t- love tap, 
but luckily redressed at the end. Um, and then founding at the top 10 was Thomas Hins. Very well done. Um, round championship with Daniel. Yeah, sorry, round win to Daniel Yeaman. Obviously, winning both races makes that help. Marty Turner second. And Mitchell Dean third, which then leaves us with the overall championship. Is currently Rhino Sullivan in first, Sebastian Flock in second, and Brayden Martin in third. Obviously, the few notable mentions missing from this um, because they didn't race, so they've pulled out of the series, one assumes. Um, but 220 points for Rhino Sullivan to 206 Sebastian Flock, and then 191 Brayden Martin. Daniel Yeaman in fourth, making some big moves there, big points this this round. Uh, Reese Gardner in fifth, Nathan Norman sixth, Mitch Dean seventh, Thomas Hins eighth. Timothy Harris in 10th and 9th has gone missing off my page. So that is where we're at. Um, the overall teams, I click on this button and apparently it's locked on lads first, equal with locked on black sheep racing, equal with locked on iRacing. Uh, sorry, not equal, but locked on iRacing is third. High Octane Sim Sports in fourth. Drop Bear Motorsports in fifth. Uh, Chicken Up Racing in 6th, Pool Guys Motorsports Green in 7th, Van Diemen Racing in 8th, Tech 1 Simsport in ninth, Aussie Karts Penrite Extreme Racing in 10th. And the list goes on. But well done to all those teams that are doing really well in that series. Um, really good series, really good fun to watch. So I've talked think, enough. Uh, do you think you can buy uh, Ira combines them with still 6, 5, was it 5 rounds to go? I wonder how many people didn't back up because of the 24, to be honest. I think um, there's a bit of that. Might have, yeah, might have played a role. Um, yep. if, if he does that, that's 45 cars on the track of varying skill levels. I think that is too much chaos again. I think um, I think the point, uh, part of the, for me, part of the point of the, the, the Pro-Am series, and I would dearly have loved to have been in it, to be honest, to feel better about my own ego and, and maybe <laughs> be a bit closer to the pointy end. Although, to be honest with you, I wouldn't have been at the pointy end. I would have been, you know, just a bit further forward. But um, you look at the fastest laps in the Pro-Am versus the fastest laps in the in the Pros, it's it's, a, it's still quite a big disparity. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you're doing anyone a favour by combining them necessarily. I think there's too much numbers. to watch for the broadcast as well. I think you're putting the Pro-Am guys in a self-contained race that's got no fast guides. It's also it's giving them traction that they would never get. Um, they're watching exposure. The they're getting that experience. They're getting yep. all that, you know, all that that, you know, full race day experience that, uh, that they if, may if not have got. If we're fifteen in each, or we're ten in one, and 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 twenty five in another, I think you hundred percent do it. But at this stage, there, there's more value in keeping them apart than putting them together. And yeah, as agreed. Cal in chat says, he's coming tenth uh, in the championship. He's it's far less intimidating for him than having to look over his shoulder. I know that feeling, Looking, trying to learn and, and, and your race craft, trying to fit into a new league and then watching over your shoulder for this Alex McKellar and Russell Clark to, <laughs> to mow you down on, on, when you're trying to get hit your apex and they are 10 times faster than you as well. So, well, this you is... Know, this and, is uh, you go, mate. No, no, you go. No, I was just going to say that uh, I've certainly had to adjust to learning a whole bunch of new people and, 
and who they are and how they race and, and where I fit in in amongst all of that. Uh, and I'm still learning that. You throw in another 20 cars in there again and you restart that learning and it's just, I don't know, I'd like to get through one season and see how we go. Yeah, I was going to say it's a good chance for someone like Cal to be battling with Alex um, if, if they were in the same race. But Vernie made a good good point and the fix, fix um, Pro-Am actually have full obviously a fixed setup so um there's a little bit of time in the setup this marginal but the the fuel definitely is probably a second in that with a full full tank in an audi or hyundai yeah yeah i may as well be running a fixed setup i've been running the same one every week so (laughs) (laughs) true no i i think it's it's fine the way it's are just got to watch those numbers and i don't think there's a there's a i don't i think where their numbers are right now is good i think the, the high numbers are, are, are very entertaining, but it also breeds a lot more chaos, which is the entertaining part of it. But it also, um, yeah, th- there's a bit there that, well, maybe that's that's not fun for the people in the actual race. So, um, yeah, uh, we'll see. We'll see. There's a lot of water to go under that bridge yet. Well, I think it's a, it's a fairly good start to the season, even with all the stuff that's happening at the moment. Um, let's wrap this little baby up. We've been talking for way too long. Um, let's finish with Alex McKellar, mate. What have you got planned for the next week, and where can people find you? Shout out your stuff. Yeah, well, doing a bit more Road America, I hope to anyway. But uh, otherwise, um, check us out on Sunday night. Exclusive announcement to make: uh, I have a new addition to the commentary team that we're trialing out this this week. Ooh. He, uh, you know. New newbie doesn't know what he's doing. Never done it before. Mister Carl Withy joins us. Uh, oh, so yeah. So, hot. yeah, really pumped. Uh, actually, uh, Corey and I have been doing this uh, forever together, and it's it's a lot of pressure to back up. You know, when you think we do uh, pretty much the four full seasons back to back to back for the last five six years, sort of thing. Uh, so, add someone extra to the team might take a bit of that pressure off, and someone with Carl's unique perspective and. Um, experience. Uh, looking forward to seeing how that blends in on the mix on, on the night. So check that out on Top Split TV on Twitch, 9.15 p.m. Australian Eastern Daylight's time on uh, Sunday night, uh, which is GMT Plus 11 at the moment. But also um, uh, it is an official race. So anyone can join. We score down to four splits. We broadcast the top split and it's a great night out. Strongest strength of field of the week, each week in, week out. And some of the best drivers in the world to come and test yourself against. Other than that, mate, um, uh, I've been doing, continuing to do, I don't know if I mentioned it, uh, lap guides with Christian Perez and Infinite Racing Services. Um, it's been, we've had a really good response. You know, even if I popped into a server today, I had a couple of uh, guys from uh, over the pond in, in the US saying, hey, really enjoying what you're doing. And it was, it was a really big buzz for me to have someone like uh, Leo, whose surname I can never pronounce, um, who who is honestly, he's right up there with the best in the world, incredible pace. Like he's, he, he just drives away from me in almost every race that I do with him. Um, for him to turn around and say, hey, really like what you're doing with that was a really big pump pump up his tyres sort of moment for me. So, uh, and really quite validating. But Christian as well, um, I've got to tell you, I learn something each and every week just going through his lap 
viewing it and then talking about it and I take stuff away from it and I learn and approach uh, the track each and every week differently. So hopefully if you can uh, have a look at those, people can find them on YouTube at Infinite Racing Services. They've got a whole, it's like a mini VRS thing going, they've got discords and all the rest, but check all that out as well. But even if you just check out this, if you're interested in the skips, uh, it's been uh, really enjoyable and, and hopefully brings some benefit as well. But that's about it for me other than, of course, the touring cars and uh, skips this week uh, for Aussie car are at um, what may as well be an oval, the oval round at Watkins Glen. <laughs> Gotta love it. Um, Tim, what do you get lined up and where can people find you? Uh, so, yeah, focus is on um, Hockenheim for Monday night, Aussie car for so enduro round which is going to be exciting something a little bit different for this season um so we'll get some laps in for that um and then any spare time if i get spare time it'll be possibly i might do some laps in tcrs in the touring cars fix it up officials if i get some time though um but the other thing is is obviously just hoping this wheel turns up on friday because then i'll be knee deep in getting my uh, rig ready to go and hopefully i can get some laps in before Monday night, otherwise I might have to. Uh, I might be in for the week after, and then it's all it's all focus on Anska. Um, hopefully the Coliseum gets released. We can do some laps on that, have a bit of fun, and get ready for Daytona. Um, and then I'll be streaming as well. But look, I'll worry about my streaming name once I've got my rig back, set back up, and get it all turned back on again. Okay, so just so I don't feel you know left out in the the whole exclusive announcements, it's Mikella's dropping things left, right, and center. Um, keep an eye out sometime in the next couple of days uh, for a test stream from Locked On Lads. So Locked On Lads on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Locked On Lads, Locked On Lads by T on YouTube. Come help us out. Uh, we are going to try and test a little bit of broadcast software and see what we can do with some races uh, going forward. So hopefully we've got some bigger stuff to announce about that soon, but I'm happy to announce we've got like about team of that six or seven or eight in the background that have been working on this. We're just going to try and get the time together to do a test run or two or three uh, and see where we're at. And um, that's what the hard drive's for. So I can reinst- so I can put in- iRacing back on here, in- including the-, the software, and actually have uh, what happened to uh, SimSpeed not happened to me where the hard drive was full and the broadcast couldn't go live. So... Um, Look, keep an eye out for that. If you are interested in helping us out at all, uh, hit me up on the Discord. Um, I'm obviously will go in our Discord, lockedonlads.com slash Discord, uh, or hit us up on Facebook. Send us a message if you are interested in any kind of way of helping us out. Do broadcasting of some description. It won't be flashy stuff. We're not aiming to be the best on the market. We are just hoping to bring light to a few series that don't have that at the moment. Um, the more hands we get on this project, the better it is for us because I don't have time to do this um, permanently uh, and I don't have time to do this seven days a week. So the more hands we get on this, the better. So if you are interested, hit us up in one of those locations. Um, we will. I will be streaming again come this Sunday, first race back for 2022 with the V8 Supercar. My rookie debut race in a, in a V8 Supercar. So come watch that carnage on Sunday night, uh, 7 o'clock. I think the race starts, so hopefully all well, the server opens anyway. So some come from at 6.30 on uh, Queensland time, so 7.30 New South Wales time. Uh, Locked on lads on Twitch. We'll have all the chaos of that. Um, Four-car team, though, should be good fun. Uh, but as Tim alluded to, very, very keen to get ready for the Daytona 500. Um, but obviously a bit of fun at the Coliseum first, the carnage at the Coliseum. 
um, it's going to be good fun. So I racing drop it so we can have a crack and and, and get practicing. So um, yeah, any all the support you guys have done over the last couple of weeks has been great. All the new people in Discord has been really good to see as well. Uh, thank you to everyone who joined us live, live tonight to test it out. Um, it was good fun and um, it was great seeing a little bit of chat while we're going on. And um, yeah, it's the reason we keep on going with this. So thank you everyone for joining us tonight. Thank you, my fellow hosts, Alex and Tim, for, for helping us out. We'll have a new two sitting next to me. Might even be a fresh three and I might have a night off soon. We'll, we'll see how we go. Uh, but thank you everyone. We'll talk to you next week. Bye for now.